Mac and Magab, everybody, we're back, finally. The Rock and Metal Combat Podcast is back, and I am Dr. Fuck. And with me is... Oh, yeah! That was... Godzilla, baby. That was a beautiful, beautiful beer crush. Nice. That shit sounded 3D. <laughs> That's like 3B, three beers. Yeah. It sounds pretty cool, eh? How you doing, Ian? I, I'm i doing good. I, I started drinking early, so I am primed and uh, ready for our return. And and we're going to do uh, we're gonna do a three-day stretch here, or at least, you know, we're going to attempt it if everything goes well. We're recording today, which is Saturday night. Uh, we're going to try to do a late live stream tomorrow. And then we're going to record another episode on uh, Monday. So, yeah! Hell yeah. So, um, basically, this show will be up by tomorrow. So, people are going to be getting two videos tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. This one and a live stream. So, fucking A right. So, yeah. And don't don't get it twisted. Don't shit the deck. No, no. Um, don't get it twisted. Let's cut the deck. All right. Don't get it twisted, or I'll shit on your deck. Um, so we're we're gonna do this one. It's gonna be up on Sunday, and then you got your motherfuckers got to come back Sunday night for the live stream. And uh, is that Ruben De La Rosa? No, uh, uh, he's mad at me at the moment. What'd you do? I didn't do anything. He he got me mistaken. I told somebody else online and he took it that I said it to him, which is ridiculous. And I said to him on a text, I said, dude, that wasn't even meant for you. Had nothing to do with you. He didn't reply and I didn't reply. I'm like, I'm, you know what it is, man? I am done defending myself. I defend myself way too much. And, you know, for, uh, ever since I, I stopped talking to that chick, remember the the pill chick I told you about? Yeah, the pill chick. Yeah, she was nothing but drama, too. And always accusing me of shit that I didn't do. So after her, I was like, you know what? I'm not defending myself anymore. I will say it once. Yo, I didn't do it. Or yo, in Ruben's case, had nothing to do with you. I said that to him. He didn't reply. And I'm not replying. Because the fact of the matter is, it wasn't directed at him. And he got pissed at me. And uh, there you go. Whatever, man. I explain myself. If he chooses to believe a lie, that's his deal. You know what I'm saying? But well, anyway, you, I, you know, you know what I'm gonna do now, Ian. I'm gonna. Break, what you gonna do? I'm gonna break a cardinal rule. Uh oh. Uh oh. I'm gonna. I'm gonna do something like heavy duty. Right? Uh oh. Check it out, everybody. Monday, Ian and I are going to review the first Black Sabbath album. Now, the reason I just brought that up is because there's this other podcast that nobody listens to that they say stuff like, hey, let's not give away what we're recording this weekend. Like, let's keep it a surprise for nobody that listens. So I'm like, hey, we have a lot of people listening to us. And guess what? We're going to be reviewing Black Sabbath's first album on Monday. So there you go. And, uh, Spoiler alert, it's good. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. 
And also, I'd like to bring up that Mark Alvin, tough guy Taylor, uh, said that uh, I can beat Ralph up. He's weak. Now, look, I'm not a tough guy. I'm not going to sit here and say I'm going to kick anybody's ass. But I will say this to what Mark said. I'll say this. I can beat the living shit out of a crippled Girl Scout. A Girl Scout that's in the, uh, that Girl Scout that's in a wheelchair that can't move, I can beat her ass. And that same Girl Scout, I can beat that crippled Girl Scout's ass. That Girl Scout can beat Mark Allen Taylor's ass. That's all I'll say about that. Wow. All I'm going to say is if you weren't so mean to him in Nashville, this shit never would have happened. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was mean to him, but you know, uh, Ian does it with a wink. Hey, did you ever did you ever do? <laughs> did you ever go on a stupid show yet? No, no, I'm going to though. I'm going to. I, I need to make time. But but my thing is, if I don't have time for this show, I sure as fuck don't have time for that show. And just a little, you know, let everybody know. Uh, God, I can't even remember the last fucking episode we've done. But recently. Uh, there's been a death in my family that I had to deal with, and I've started a new job, uh, which is amazing. Like, the best job I ever had. And uh, But I'm working crazy hours now. I'm doing, like, uh, four tens, a little bit of overtime here and there. Uh, but I get up at, like, a quarter after three in the morning. So uh, so the show has suffered, you know. But I'm, I'm working through everything and trying to, you know, make the schedule uh, and shit so the show keeps on going. And that's why we're pumping it out over this fucking uh, weekend and shit. And we should be, you know, doing good going forward. But, uh, yeah. And, and plus, where I'm at work, I can't do a lot of phone shit. So I haven't been, you know, very active on Facebook and shit like that. Uh, but look for me on weekends. It's probably the best I can tell you guys. Uh, but, you know, shit's going on. But, you know, we're going to make the show still happen and everything. Everything's great. I've seen I got a couple messages. I need to get back to people. But there's nothing wrong with the show. Nothing wrong with Ralph and I. Well, it's just scheduling well, shit. Well, I will say this. I will quit the show if you go on Facebook. Oh, come on. Come on, yeah. you gotta let me go go on there and bash no, Sammy. No, 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 I'll quit the show. I'm kidding. <laughs> but, uh, no, I want you to go on. It's not like anybody's gonna hear you anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, plus, I'm gonna plug the show. What, what, plug what the, the show for. <laughs> what, threat, what threat is happening to me with Freeform? You know, yeah. um,. The, the, the show's been around for eight years and over, and still gets no listeners. Yeah. I'm going to plug the show so the two people who listen will still listen to our show. You know, Terrence. just to let them know we're back in business. I just want to <laughs> let you know, Terrence gets more numbers than Freeform. That is true. Well, that, that is sad. Well, he did. He did. Yeah. Uh, little sad news there. I guess, I guess we're going to lead into it, but, uh, um, Terrence was killed. No, uh, I, no, 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 stop right there, Ian. Because I got to edit that part out. You know this idiot, you know? Well, I'm just saying Israel bombed 
Hamas and stuff. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. So no, no, no. I'm still gonna go on on Mark's show, and, and it's gonna be great. It's gonna be legendary. Uh, it's gonna bump their listenership up to four. Yeah, I'll be uh, one of them. I'll listen. You better bash. Yeah. You better bash that asshole. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, yeah, it, it's going to bump it up to four because Chuck Charles is going to listen twice, uh, you know, and you'll listen, and then his mother. So, that, yeah, that's four. Um, so, yeah, I am going to do that. But, of course, this show takes uh, priority. But, uh, Mark, Daly today, Mark Daly today set, uh, put up a screenshot in his group going, look at Mark's numbers. You're slaughtering him on Thursday because he doesn't show on Thursdays. Yeah. And, and Mark, at one point, was blaming me. Oh, he's putting his show up on Thursday to, you know, to fuck with me. It's like, first of all, my show goes on before your show. So by the time my show's over, your show's up. You know, so how am I doing anything? I'm doing absolutely nothing. You suck on your own. It doesn't have nothing to do with me. The reason people don't listen to you is because you suck. It has nothing to do with my show. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it has nothing to do with Ralph. It's all COVID. Uh, COVID is the reason your numbers are down. Yeah, you know, what, what, a, what, a, what a loving Christian. <laughs> I can beat Ralph up. He's weak. Hypocrite. Yeah, I think that's in Deuteronomy. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so no, uh, no iTunes or uh, nothing reviews because we ain't done shit, so ain't nobody said shit. Uh, but uh, fuck, man, we got a lot of shit in the news this week. Right. Uh, oh, uh, well, well, I guess hold, hold on. Before we get in the news, uh, very excited. Uh, in two weeks, uh, not only do I get a break from work because I have jury duty, uh, but I'm going to see Blue Oyster Cult, and I recently purchased tickets. Uh, for my son and I to go see Iron Maiden on the uh, the Somewhere in Time retro tour, whatever. Uh, <laughs> and I had my wife buy the tickets because I was at work, and I set her the wrong like section that I wanted tickets in. Uh, I'm still on the floor, but I'm all the way in the back. And now I'm like perplexed. Do I like try to resell those and get up closer? But now I, I don't know what I would pay for those. I don't know what I would pay for them. I already paid like over a hundred bucks to be on the back of the floor. Um, I don't know what I'd pay because I heard they're going to change the set list. And uh, uh, depending on what it is. I mean, if they play, you know, Loneliness, the Long Distance Runner, I might move up a little bit. But I don't know. But, uh, fuck Iron yeah. Fuck that shit. Yeah, fuck him in the butthole. Or uh, Now that's a good show. My girlfriend just saw him the other day. Oh, nice. Nice. Did, did Smithereens guy take her? You didn't go? <laughs> uh, that's, that's my woman. <laughs> well, why didn't you go? Why didn't you go to Blue Because she lives far. Oh, okay. So we're going, me and her are going to Cheap Trick in January. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. Have you seen any shows? I've seen a bunch of cool shows have been in your area. What have you gone to recently? Uh, let me think. Have I gone to anything? I mean, I saw my friend's local band. They were cool. Um, but no, I don't think I've seen anything. No? Okay. Nope. 
I got uh, what shows do I got coming up? I got uh, Cheap Trick. There's a cover band playing, uh, All White Snake, and it's Neil Turbin on vocals. Uh, Who? Neil Turbin. Oh, from Anthrax? Yeah. Singing White Snake? Uh, White Snake and, and Deep Purple. No, it's Deep Purple and Rainbow. It's called uh, Rainbow Purple or Purple Rainbow or some shit. And Neil Turbin's singing. Yeah, Neil Turbin's singing. It's a super group. They got uh, the dude. Don't sound too super. The dude from Ingve is going to be on drums. And, uh, Who plays for Ingve now? Now, now that now that he lost his good drummer. I saw the new drummer for Ingve. He was good. I, I well, maybe that's the show I didn't talk about. I saw Ingve Monster not too long ago. Again? Jesus Christ! Oh, you see that guy a lot. Maybe. Maybe I did talk about it. Yeah, it's all a couple months back. Oh, but without without the incredible uh, with, Brian on drums with Glenn, with Glenn Hughes. Oh yeah 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 yeah. You talked about that. Well, Glenn Hughes is coming back. I'm gonna go see that. Uh, yeah. Oh, there was something. Oh, Pantera's coming. Yeah, I'm gonna go see. Yeah. Pantera. That's that's nice. And what else? I know there's a couple other things that I'm like, oh my god, I gotta go see this. No, I can't remember now. But I got some shows coming up. Right on. Right on. Well, I'll tell you what, man. I started drinking hours ago, so I broke the seal. I gotta go take a piss. Just, just talk to these good people here. Tell, tell them some fun stories about uh, Freeform Podcast. Alright. I'll be, I'll be right back. Yeah, I'm gonna plug the Freeform Podcast. Plug that shit. Yeah, I'm gonna plug it. All right. If you want to hear an idiot, the worst podcast ever. I mean, just check it out. This is a guy that he laughs at stuff that's not even funny. He says these things, and then he laughs after it, and it's not even funny. It's hard, hard, hard to get through it. And on top of that, on top of that, he plays songs. Like in the middle of talking on their podcast, you know, people want to hear people talking on podcast. They don't want to hear music. You know, I'll give you an example. Like somebody will type in on Google, oh, I want to hear Guns N' Roses, Appetite for Destruction podcast. I don't know if he's ever uh, recorded that that episode, but let's just say he he did an episode like that. There'll be, some, there'll be somebody online looking, oh, look, I found a podcast talking about Guns N' Roses, Appetite for Destruction. Let me listen. So he clicks play, and all he hears is some idiot laughing at stuff that he says that's not funny. Then they go with the songs. And he's been doing this shit for like nine years. And still, no listener. Because he sucks. And Terrence gets better numbers. Oh, yeah. Good old Terrence. He's got the talent. Um, oh, I got to plug an episode I did that uh, recently came up. It's it's on the uh, it's the Payform podcast with Edwin Canastracci and Eric RMCP. It's Payform because it's so good you pay for it. It's not like Freeform. But uh, I, I went on their show. Yeah, let me tell you something. First of all, their show's doing great. They haven't been around that long. And they're blowing Freeform away. They're doing oh, yeah. 
I saw their number and they do way better numbers than Mark. And they're new. Yeah. Go check it out. Uh, I did a, a Motown episode and it was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Had a good time. Edwin and, and Eric, man, good dudes. Good yeah. dudes. They're good guys. And they're good podcasters, unlike Mark, who sucks at podcasting. Uh, all right. Uh, well, fuck it, man. We got a lot of news to get into. Uh, been a lot of shit going on. It's been a long time since we uh, we did an episode, but we might as well talk about the shit that's all over the news, and that's you know what happened in St. Louis. Uh, what happened? You know, oh, I guess you haven't had the TV on recently. Um, so there was a huge uh, pedophile ring in St. Louis that was busted. And it was a bunch of Sammy Hagar fans. You know, St. Louis is yeah. is, is kind of like their hub. And there was a pizza parlor that they were running like a child uh, molestation ring out of. And uh, man, a lot of arrests, you know, because there's a lot of Sammy Hagar fans. And I think they caught like, you know, 12 of the 20. Um, really bad, you know, and there's two different types, not only of Sammy Hagar fans, but of pedophiles. You know, there's there's the type that says, oh, I, I, I like Sammy, uh, but not in Van Halen. You know, that's like your bushy. Okay, those are the type of pedophiles that like to have female children fuck them in the ass with a dildo. Wait, are you saying bushy's one of them? Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, if they're like, I like Sammy, but, but not in Van Halen, they like an underage female child to fuck them in the ass with a dildo. And then you got the type that are just full-blown Sammy. You know, they, they, they love fucking Montrose and Stand in Hampton and fucking OU812. They like little boys to fuck them in the ass. Uh, you know, and it, it's sad because they, they force these children to do this, of course. Uh, you know, but uh, yeah, they busted this ring. Uh, you know, it was at a uh, Shakey's Pizza in St. Louis that, uh, that this happened. And uh, it's just, it, it's, it's really fucked up. You know, unfortunately, Sammy wasn't there at the time of the arrest. So, you know, authorities are still looking. But, uh... It, it just backs up what I've been saying for years. All Sammy Hagar fans are pedophiles. All of them. Every single one. You know, and, and, they're, and they're the sickest type of pedophile. They're the ones that like to be fucked by children. And, and uh, worse than that, like Sammy Hagar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, <laughs> if you get down to brass test, brass text. Uh, the only thing worse than having children rape you is listening to Sammy Hagar. So, uh, you but, know, uh, you know, I, I'm glad they were apprehended. Sammy Hagar fans use the word rock to describe fucking a little boy up the ass. Yeah. That's how that song, there's only one way to fuck a little boy up the ass. Yeah. That's what that song means. And, and, and that's funny, because anytime I hear Sammy Hagar... I, I want to hit myself in the ear with a rock um, hard. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, I, I got to say, though, luckily for Bushy, 
Uh, he was not there at the time of the rest. He's one of the four of the 20 Sammy Hagar fans that got away. Uh, you know, so, hey, good on you. You didn't get caught. But it's a matter of time. You sick fuck. Good yeah. Bushy. Bushy. You fucking bad. <laughs> wrong with you. I mean, we should have known when he was throwing up in our hotel room after like fucking three Zimas. We should have known that. Yeah, it know, was, there's there's something was, wrong here. It was thirteen year old calm in his stomach. That made <laughs> yeah. Him yeah. And and the giveaway was when Lee Gertzman offered to fuck him in the ass and he's like, Yeah, you're a little too old for me, mate. <laughs> you know. That's that's when we should have known. Oh man. But uh you know, other than that, let, let's let's get this fucking shit out of the way. Well, let's uh, stay on the subject. Have you seen that footage with Joe Satriani and Sammy? Oh my! Oh my God! What a train wreck! I never liked Joe Satriani. I've seen so many of these G3 shows, and I stick around and watch them. Yeah. At the end of the show, all the other guitar players come out and own them. But my God, he was doing Mean Street, and even that summer night. Oh. He fucked that up. Yeah. That, well, you know, but, you know, you got to get, I, I like a couple of, of Satch songs, but, uh, you know, he's more known as a guitar teacher. He's taught, like, a lot of, you know, better guitar players like Skullnick and Vi. Uh, but and it, Hammett. It's, Hammett's better than him, too, I think. Yeah. You know, but it's, it, it's like, you know, Woody Allen famously said, uh, you know, those who can't do teach and those who can't teach, teach Jim. And then, and that's what Satriani is. You know, he's a gym teacher. Um, yeah, that shit was horrible. But more importantly, let's talk about these Hagar vocals. Oh, okay. and, and, and and be realistic. I watched, like, snippets of, like, three or four songs. First, shame on Howard Stern for even having them on. Uh, you know, but I know he likes to play both sides with the Sam and Dave. He'll turn around the next week and have Dave on, you know. But um, it was horrible, you know. And a lot of us that love Dave, you know, you get all these people online like, oh, how can you defend? He sounds so shitty. And, you know, I think both of us will be the first to say that, yeah, some nights Dave sounds like crap. Some nights he sounds okay. Uh, but all these people are like, oh, Sammy still got it. That shit was fucking horrible. Sammy so anybody who said he never had it. Oh, I, I, I'll tell you this: on on the list of fucking things that are wrong with Sammy Hagar, his voice would be tenth on my list. I think you hate his voice even more than me. I do. There's a lot. There's a lot of other things I hate more about his voice. Uh, for the most part, I would say. While I'm not a fan, I don't think he's a horrible singer. It's like everything else about him. I don't like his voice. But there, there's a million other things that are, you know, his stage presence, his lyrics, his fucking... I, I don't know. I get a lot of things that are wrong with him. But he sounded like fucking shit on these videos. I, I, I mean, croaking it. And I, I saw all this shit online. Like, people like... Wow, Sammy Hagar's 97 years old and still sounds fucking great. Like, did you fucking listen? So anybody that gives me shit about fucking saying, you know, Dave still sounds good, you listen to that shit and tell me Sammy Hagar sounds good 
And what a desperate, desperate, sad move this is on his part. Because nobody gives a shit about chicken foot, the circle, the fucking Oomba Doombas or whatever the fuck, you know, his bands are and shit like that. His only, the only thing he has left to do is go out and, and play Van Halen. You know, and which which sucks even worse because he's not playing Van Halen, he's playing Van Hagar. So if you go, it's going to be like the worst fucking Van Hagar songs you've ever heard. And then like maybe, what, four or five actual Van Halen songs that Michael Anthony's going to fucking butcher? Yeah. Like, Jesus Christ. And it's basically Chicken Foot with fucking Jason Bonham on drums. And like, you know, yeah, Jason Bonham's dead, dead to me. You know, I used to pull for this guy. You know, I felt bad for him. His dad died, you know. Uh, you know, wish, you know, Led Zeppelin would have done something with him. I even liked that fucking horrible Bonham band he had, you know. Uh, you know, but now it's like, you know, eat, eat a dick. Even Chad Smith's like, nah, I'm good. You know, I'm good. You know, and who's going to go see this? I'm surprised, though at the venues they have booked and I would love to see the attendance on this shit. You know? They're and more than down here. What's that? They're opening down here. They're opening? Oh oh the first show the tour? Yeah. Alright. Well well hopefully fucking Hamas does something to that fucking shit. Yeah I won't Oh my be. god. Oh that's fucking terrible. seriously, that's that blow up the fucking venue. You know, blow up the fucking venue. And, and and more so than the band, I hope the fans get killed. Because this is something we'll never agree on. You know, I hate fans. You hate bands. I, I you know, Sammy Hagar is trying to do the most with what God gave him, which is jack and shit. You know, but it's the people who support him that I want not to fucking have more kids or breathe my fucking air. Sammy Hagar fans, that's they're, they're all pedophiles. They're all fucking pedophiles. And the worst kind of pedophile, the kind that like to be fucked by children. I don't see you winking, Ian. I think you're being honest. No, yeah, no, I, I'm dead serious. I'm dead serious. Fuck these. You, you know, it, it's funny. At my new job, uh, you know, you know, it, it, it's a new era, you know. Uh, they do shit differently. We have like these team building exercises and they ask like questions of the day and shit like that. It's very modern. Uh, so the question of the day is, uh, if you had a superpower, what would it be and what would you do? And, uh, you know, in front of every, you know, they don't know me from jack shit, you know. They just think I'm the sexy new guy at work. And I said, my superpower would be time travel. And I said, what I would do is kill Sammy Hagar before he had a chance to ruin Van Halen. You know, I let it be known. Fuck Hagar. Fuck his pedophile listeners. Each and every one of you deserve death. Deserve fucking, and like, not like a good death. Not like in your sleep. You deserve to be fucking wide awake, done on TV, in front of your family, so they can suffer for the horrible way they raised you. Uh, that made you listen to that shit. So fuck you, you know, before you let other children fuck you in the ass. You fucking pedophile fucks. He's talking to you. You know he's talking to you, Mark. Mm -hmm. 
Oh yeah, oh yeah. You get fucking, you get fucked with a corn dog sideways, motherfucker. And he ain't winking. Uh-uh. He didn't hate you way more than I can ever hate. Oh, God. Ian wants you dead. He hopes you die. You piece of shit. Yeah, not in a good way. He doesn't even want you to die in a good way. He wants you to be tortured and killed for being a San Diego fan slash pedophile. Yeah. According to Ian, he's he's the one saying you're a pedophile, not me. He's saying that. And that's why he hates you and he wants you to die in a very painful way, Mark. You heard me. And watch him still have you on his show. That's how desperate he is. That'd be good numbers. Yeah. <laughs> it'll, be f- it'll be five. It'll be five instead of zero. <laughs> okay. Well, what else is in the news, you ask? Uh, Mr. Big says it has 10 to 13 songs written for a new studio album. I, I, they're coming down here, and they, they, they build it as a farewell tour. I was like, I'm not going. But they, they build it as a farewell tour, so now they're making music. Yeah, I don't I don't get that shit. I'll, I'll yeah. keep talking. I'll be right back. Mr. Big sucks. Yeah. Mr. Big sucks. That's horrible shit. Written for 12-year-old girls and uh, Courtney Cronin Doyle, who I love. Uh, but yeah, Mr. Big sucks. Uh, I think Mark likes them too. And we're going to talk about that. They're a shitty fucking band. Um, I guess I don't mind Addicted to That Rush. Or whatever the fuck. That's the only song I ever heard from them I kind of halfway like. Everything else sucked cock. Like big, veiny fucking cock. And, and not in a good way, like in a bad way, with a lot of teeth. Uh, Mr. Big. Mr. Mr. Big. I mean, really? That's your fucking name? Yeah, that's another crappy band Mark Alvin Taylor likes. Yeah, that shit sucks. Of course it sucks. All right, well, here's something I'm kind of surprised about, but not really. Uh, Gary Holt says he's not involved with Carrie King's new band, uh, saying I'm too busy, which Carrie King's band is making their appearance in uh, Daytona. At, I forget what it is, like Daytona Fest or whatever the fuck. They, they do it in Daytona every year. But uh, Carrie King's new band is like headlining the fourth stage on a Thursday. Um, uh, I. I was very excited. I, I guess I still am in a way. I mean, I love Kerry King. I love Slayer. Uh, Paul Bostoff has been announced as a drummer. Love Bostoff. Seen him a gazillion times. Great drummer. Uh, but originally, when this shit was leaked, you know, it was kind of uh, hinted at that like Phil Anselmo was going to be the singer and Gary Holt was going to be the other guitar player. And I'm like, well, fuck that. That's a lineup and a fucking half. I can only imagine how good that would be. But you got to think with all the shit that Pantera is doing now, and they just announced 2014 tour dates, uh, and and uh, Gary Holt's working on a new Slayer album, um, Exodus album. Uh, yeah, Exodus album. Uh, I don't know who's gonna fill out the band. Uh, 
And that kind of, like, I can see something with Phil working really good. But, you know, Phil's got Pantera, which is definitely paying the fucking bills. And you got to think, even over Carrie King's shit, uh, you know, a new down record would make even more money than probably a potential Carrie King, you know, solo album. So I don't know who's going to be the voice or the lead guitar in this, but I just hope it's good. That's all I want. I mean, I love Carrie King. I love Slayer. Uh, I know Carrie's pissed because he didn't want Slayer to retire. That's all all has to do with Tom. Uh, and I get it, you know, and I respect, you know, Carrie's, you know, no Slayer. You know, he's not trying to get Sammy Hagar to sing fucking Rain and Blood. So, you know, there's that. Uh, but be interested to see who it is. And, and I hope it's good. Um but Carrie, I, I mean, I guess he has to move on. I mean, Carrie's getting up there now. Uh, and he probably doesn't have time to, you know, for Phil to wait on Phil and Selmo's, you know, busy with Pantera, then there'll probably be a down and it would just keep pushing back and shit. So we'll see what happens. Are you excited about a new Carrie King project, Ralph? Well, I'm very excited because I got inside scoop who's gonna be singing for them. And I was like, oh, this is gonna rule. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't know if I should announce it yet. Should I? Yeah. Well, can you tell me and bleep it out, or do you want to tell me afterwards? No, I'll tell you. Fuck it. The world exclusive. We're going to be all over bottom out there. Okay. Right, everybody out there, the brand new singer for Carrie Band is Lee Gerson. Ooh. Rain and cheese. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. That's right. Looking Bugs forward to it. Bugs away. <laughs> okay, well, you know what I'm looking forward to even more than that is Phil Rudd returning to ACDC. And he says he's looking forward to playing with them again in the future. And I would be happy if that's the case. He's saying uh, there might be a possibility of ACDC touring next year. Um... Uh, which I would be all for and I would go to, even though I gotta say I was very disappointed in the footage that I saw from the Power Trip Festival. Uh, I thought everybody sounded a little tired on that one. But then again, I mean, it's the first show in how many years? Uh, you know what I mean? It's not like they'd been playing together and there was a rhythm going. I could kind of, you know, I can give them some leeway for. You know, that shit being a little off. You said you liked what you saw from the Power Trip Festival, huh? Well, when I told you that, I only saw one song. Okay. Um, I saw stuff later on, and, and Brian sounded so rough. I mean, really bad. He was the only person I saw that was a problem. I didn't think they all looked tired. I thought he just sounded horrible. But it's understandable, man. I mean, you know... I, I played a club in Puerto Rico called Hell's Bell. And I told the band before we played it, let's play Hell's Bell tonight in this club. And we did. And after I, I did that song, I lost my voice. And that's only singing it once. Brian Johnson's been doing it for over 40 years. So it's amazing he still has a voice. Singing shit like, you know, Back in Black. And all that shit's really strenuous. Look at Axl Rose. Axl Rose nailed it, but you know what? 
he fucked up his voice. There's an actual mouth. He does, he can't pull ACDC off now. His voice. You listen to Axl Rose now, not me. Well, trust me, he does, he can't do what he did with ACDC back then. His voice is something. Well, you know, another thing I think you got to take into context too is how long it's been since Brian has sang on a regular basis. You know, and and the, and the vocals are like a muscle. You know, if you don't use it, you lose it. You know. Um, for a lot of singers, you know, if you're not singing regularly, you know, you're not going to be up to par. But I didn't think the problem was just Brian with the videos that I saw. I, I thought the guitars sounded sluggish as well. Uh, and I don't know if that was just Malcolm and his, you know, cousin or whatever, not gelling or whatever. I don't know. I was. Yeah, but you're judging from a cell phone. Yeah, true, true. You can, tell, said, you can tell a voice being shot on a cell phone, really. But, you know, the sound of guitar is misleading off the cell phone. True. I, I mean, I hope they do tour. I'll, I'll go fucking see it. Oh, of course. I've only I seen ACDC twice. God damn it. I, I definitely go see it. I never missed an ACDC show since for those about to rock. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, Dolly Parton uh, said of Rob Halford, I just loved him. Fuck, and, uh, fuck Dolly Parton. Yeah, I said it. Fuck her. I heard that stupid album. It's fucking horrendous. Oh, yeah? I, I, so have, I haven't heard. What, what did she sing with Rob Halford? Do you know? Oh, my God. I, I don't remember, but I remember hearing it. And you know what's re- even worse than that? The Rob Halford song he did with Dara. I loved it. What? Are you I kidding? loved it. Oh my nope. god. You are homo. Turn around. I, well, first of all, I love that fucking song. I no hate apologies. that. Well, yeah, there you go. I hate that yeah. I, I love it. And, but I was fully, like, I was in hater mode, like, getting ready to watch. I'm like, oh, this is going to be terrible. I dug it. I, th- I thought it sounded good, but I do like the song. Yeah, it's a gay song. But uh, you, you know, with the Dolly Parton thing, I, I just, I don't. There's part of me that really hopes that, like, you know, she fucked him or tried to fuck him, and maybe he did like a weird, like, I'll try a girl, because Dolly Parton, you know, she's got around. She fucked Richard Pryor. I mean, if she could fuck Richard Pryor and Rob Halford. That's a list, you know. That's like, you know, all over the place. Fuck her, and, and may I go further and say fuck Johnny Cash. That's right, I said it. Fuck him, too. And fuck Frank Sinatra. Piece of shit. Fuck the Rat Pack, except for Sammy Davis Jr., because he did the theme to Beretta, and that song ruled. The only good Rat Packer was Sammy Davis Jr. Don't do the crime if you can't do the time. Don't do it. Wow. <laughs> fucking badass. Fucking Beretta. Man, I, I, I wish fucking Robert Blake was still around and could kill another wife. He's fucking Beretta, goddamn. Man, that guy died and, like, nobody knew anything. Like, I heard about it way after the fire. Like, he died? Yeah, he died weeks ago. I didn't know. Yeah. Fucking Robert Blake kicks ass. He was one of the fucking little rascals for Yeah, Christ's he was. Sake. He was Mickey, I think. Yeah. Mickey the wife killer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fucking love Robert Blake. 
All right. Beretta, Beretta was an awesome show. But it then, was. But then again, Beretta was from the 70s. Yeah. Holy shit, in the 70s was Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club that movie. That's it. That's the only shit that happened in the 70s. Everything else ruled. <laughs> Yeah, see, and Robert Blake was so awesome in the 70s when he was Beretta. And then, do you remember Helltown in the 80s? No. Lasted for one season where it was Robert Blake playing like a fucking priest that solved crimes <laughs> in a bad part of town. Yeah, lasted one season on NBC. Ah, uh, God. Yeah, Robert Blake, kill your wife. Who gives a fuck? Um, hey, at least he wasn't a pedophile. Yeah, exactly. He hated Sammy Hagar. Yeah. Is almost as much as his wife. And no, his wife loves Sammy Hagar. That's why she's dead. Yeah. Well that's why he never got prosecuted. Yeah, exactly. That I'm well. Um Getty Lee admits initially he had some resentment and unresolved feelings about Russia's premature end. And uh that's something that's that's come to light lately. Um uh, where Getty's kind of said that he's kind of open to maybe something with Rush, you know, or recording with Alex Lifeson. I don't know if it would be, you know, called Rush or a tribute to Rush, but, uh, you know, uh, it's a hard situation. I, I think Getty's the most available to do something and probably the most ready. You know, Alex suffers a lot from arthritis, so I don't know He's got, if he could handle Alex got major stomach problems now, too. Oh, stomach problems, too? Shit. Yeah. He's all fucked up, so. Yeah. Okay, well, let me let me put this to you. Okay, say they want to do something. Who do you get for Neil Peart? You know, who, who do you get the drum? Rocky Rocket. <laughs> There's two people that I would I would like to see, and I know one's gonna get a lot of cringe, you know, like oh that's kind of fucking obvious. I do think Portnoy could do a an awesome job, but uh, another one that I would like that I know Neil was a huge fan of, but I I don't know if he could do Neil Peart right is Stuart Copeland. No. Uh, no, and Stuart Copeland yeah. is up there. He's one yeah. of my favorite drummers with Neil. But oh, yeah. the style is a little too... Right. Not as ferocious as Neil, let's put it this way. Right, a... right, right. He's, he's more of a finesse yeah. uh, drummer, but I know that Neil was a huge fan of Stuart's. Uh, but, th I mean, those are two off the top of my head. Uh, you know, and I know a lot of people have, you know, feelings on Portnoy and, and he's just rejoined Dream Theater which we haven't talked about yet but um, you know th there's not a lot of drummers out there who I think could do do justice but I think Portnoy could and would you know I think he has the, the, the love and the admiration uh, where I, I think he could probably even do like a more faithful than Stewart you know I, I think Stewart's kind of it's hard for Stewart not to sound like Stewart um, there you go. Portnoy. What's that? It ain't gonna happen. Not yeah. With, not with Stuart Copeland. It's not gonna happen. Yeah. 
But, uh, yeah, what, what do you think about Portnoy coming back to Dream Theater? Well, yeah, that's good. Good, good, good thing. Let's see what, what they release music-wise, you know? Because, yeah. uh, you know, Dream Theater for me is pretty much a pass. Every, they've been down here many times. And I don't go. You yeah. know, I went to go see them early on when they played the Button South. You know, the Awake Tour. I saw Image of the Words. I saw... Uh, scenes of a memory, and then I saw the late the last. I think it was the last one they did with Portnoy, whatever. Yeah, name. I, on the on the Maiden tour. No, no, they headlined. It was with Opeth. Oh, oh, you saw a headline show? Okay. Yeah, they played with Opeth here, and uh, no, they were all great shows. But there was one show I saw them with Megadeth. It was a Gigantor. Boy, they sucked that day. It was so really. The, the set list was like heavily on the boring. So, yeah. I don't know. I'll, I'll see if they release an album. I'll listen to it. If I like it, I'll go see it. If I don't like it, I won't go see it. I've seen Dream Theater enough. Yeah. I, I only saw them once, and that's when they opened up for Maiden on that the Final Frontier tour. That was the last tour they did with Portnoy. Um, and I was a fan of that album, that Black Linings and Silver Clouds or whatever. Uh, I mean, shit, what my favorite... Uh, Dream Theater songs is a nightmare to remember. It's a perfect fucking song. But to me, if you really want to do justice, get rid of Jordan Ruin this. Get Derek Sherinian back in the band and then call me. But I pretty much like the Dream Theater albums they did without Portnoy, except for The Astonishing. That shit was fucking dreadful. Holy shit was that bad. I don't you know. But uh, the other ones I, I didn't mind, you know. Especially, I like the self-titled one a lot. They had that one uh, Rush ripoff song I really liked. I can't remember the fucking name of it. Good song. Um, but then another Dream Theater news: uh, Charlie DeMonico or whatever the Demichi, whatever the fuck his name is, he's dead. Did you see that? Yeah, the original thing. Yeah. Did you ever listen to that album? The first yeah, one? Yeah, I didn't like it too much. Yeah? I wasn't into it. Yeah, I've heard yeah, it. Yeah, it's one of those I got. I might have listened to one song, and I don't even remember. But they said it was a pretty bad, you know, mishmash. You know, he was more of like a Toto, you know, like Kansas type of guy. Yeah, he wasn't a bad singer, but... Uh, yeah, but, but it didn't mix with the style that they were playing. Yeah, I, but I, then again... You know, when it comes to Dream Theater, besides Jordan ruin this, uh, I, I think the other weak link is is Labrie, the singer. Yeah. I, I, I think Dream Theater, man, if they had another singer, and I know, you know, when they were on the outs after he left, you know, Portnoy made a couple comments about he wished Dream Theater had a different singer. And I think if they had him with a little bit more balls, that's my only thing with, with Labrie. I think he's... You know, he's a capable singer, but I, I just like a little bit more balls, you know, and a keyboard player that doesn't sound like, you know, a fucking, you know, chimp's going to come out and fucking play the cymbals. I don't know. Uh, Jordan ruined this is all fucking circus music crap to me. Fuck Dream Theater. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck them too. All right. What else? Who, who else do we fucking hate? What's coming up here? Oh, God. Buck Cherry's putting out a Christmas song. Fuck them in the ass. 
fucking hate Buck Cherry. Yeah, uh, I, I saw I saw them once live. Uh, I got, oh yeah, I got a free ticket to see Crew Fest, and they yeah. were on it. It was Buck Cherry, Papa Roach, six a.m. Let me tell you, man. As much as Buck Cherry sucked, and as much as six a.m. sucked, and Papa Roach sucked, Molly Crew that night, I think, was even worse. Wow. I think that was like the most piss poor Molly Crew performance. I've ever seen. Was it? Was that when the Samantha Mahoney was drumming and oh, shit? Oh, Tommy, Tommy Lee was in the band. Oh, yeah, sounds about right. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, hey, we got to give a shout out to uh, Tim Bream uh, slash Simkin Stanley. He's gotten all over the place lately. He's got the new podcast with the one and only Bill Wang, uh, the Wang Simkin Stanley show. Uh, but uh, Tim's been talking. He talked to uh, uh, Chuck Billy. He talked to uh, Zetro from Exodus. Uh, and man, these things are getting on blabbermouth and everything. So man, fucking, you know, awesome. I'm happy. I, I love Tim. I love Wayne. Uh, very happy for him. And this this sinking Stanley thing. It's uh, it, it's gained some traction. I don't get it. I'll, I'll fully admit. <laughs> I, I the whole sinking Stanley thing. I'm kind of like, God damn it! I love you, Tim. Uh, but I love Wang. Wang's always Wang, and he hang. Uh, you know. But people love it, and I couldn't. I couldn't be happier, man. You know, Tim is such a fucking great dude. And uh, if you want his address and phone number. Just ask Paul Stanley, and he'll give it to you, <laughs> to out him. Uh, but happy for those guys, and happy for Tim, man. Uh, that's awesome, man. Uh, I don't know what he's doing to get these uh, these interviews, man, but killer. No, man, it's cameo. You have to pay them. Well, oh, okay. You pay <laughs> them. Still. He pays them, and he asks them, all right, I want you to talk about this question here. So that's why yeah. he gets them. He pays them. Yeah. Still, that's awesome. Good for good good for Tim Breen and yeah. and, and and Wang. Check it out. Wang, Wang and Sinkin Stanley Show podcast. Yeah, you plug on the you on the YouTube. You plug it. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Uh, Bruce Dickinson's got a new solo album coming out. And uh, I hope it's good. I hope it's good. Uh, I don't know if there's a leak of a single. I saw he's put out some videos. I haven't got caught up on it and shit. But uh, I'll tell you what. Chemical Wedding's better than any fucking Iron Maiden album since Somewhere in Time. So so is uh, uh, Accident. Accident. And I'll go, I, I need, to, I'll go I need to listen to that one more. Uh, Accident of Birth and Chemical Wedding, both of them. To me, are better yeah. than anything made of Johnson's Yeah, I, I need to check it out because I, I remember I didn't get accident. Okay, I didn't get accident at birth because I thought that Boston Picasso sucked so bad. Uh, but I took a chance on Chemical Wedding and it kicked ass. It's skunk so. work. Skunk work was after Boston Picasso, not when that great either. Yeah, no, I actually I didn't mind Skunk Works, but I didn't buy it till after Chemical Wedding. But uh, 
then Bruce put out one after Chemical Wedding called Tyranny of Souls or some shit like that. And I was kind of like, eh. You know. Better than fucking Modern Maiden, but... You know, it wasn't fucking Chemical Wedding. I'll tell you that much. But he's got a new one coming out called The Mandrake Product uh, Project or some shit like that. And they're going to tour in early 2024. I think it's mostly like South America and Europe and shit like that. I don't think he's doing any American shit. Bruce Dickinson hates America. Uh, you know, he hates America more than fucking Palestine. Uh, but uh, yeah, whatever. I hope it's good. I hope Bruce, it's, Bruce, yeah. Bruce Dickinson hates America more than his dentist. Yes. 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 Not bad. Yes. Uh, but again, uh, I'll, I'll give it a try. You know, I'll download it for free. Uh, hope it's good, though, man. It, it can't be any worse than fucking New Maiden. So even though I'm very excited to go see Maiden, you know, and to go with my boy and everything, uh, I was a little disappointed. My, my son didn't even seem that excited. And I was like, oh, he must have listened to, like, yeah. you know, shit Sitsu. I wouldn't be hoping to see Maiden now either. Well, I mean, I just want to hear the fucking, you know, Somewhere in Time shit. Because the only time I ever heard him play anything off of that album was the first time I saw him, they played Heaven Can Wait, which is my least favorite song on the that album. That song sucks. I hate that fucking Yeah. You know, when but, I saw uh, Iron Maiden on the Somewhere in Time tour, all yeah. the way up to um, The X Factor with Blaze, Every every one of those shows they played every movie. Oh yeah, and I'm like, fuck! Why? I love that shit. That song sucks. Yeah, Maiden sucks. It's the one song off an album I don't like. Yeah. All right, what else is going on here? Uh oh, the the new singer from Skid Row is gonna die any day now. He put out another cover song. This time doing Neon Nights. It's good. By Black Sabbath. Yeah, I dig it. He's on. I, I, I love every every cover this kid does. Uh, and I think the Skid Row shit is horrendous. But uh, he, he does great covers. I love the Skid Row album. I love it. Yeah. Good for you. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, oh! Here's something. I was going to watch this, and I decided not to because I, I wanted to hear your your live reaction. I guess it doesn't fucking matter, though. But uh, what did you think of this second Judas Priest song uh, released, Trial by Fire? I made a, I put a video up today about it. Yeah, I know. I, I didn't want to watch it. I, want, I wanted to like get like a raw, honest reaction from you. I what think you it sucks as much as Panic Attack. I'm hating yeah. both these new songs. I hate it. I hate them. Don't like them at all. I'm hoping that okay. it's good because this shit sucks. Well, I didn't hate it as much as you. Um, I thought it was better than Panic Attack, but by a cunt hair. Um, I'm not liking the sound of the new album, which I'm surprised about. Because I love Andy Sneap as a producer, uh, you know, and, I, and he was amazing when we saw him live with with Priest. 
Um, but yeah, I'm not feeling it, and I kind of get what you said. I saw your reaction video to uh, Panic Attack, and you were talking about you know Judas Priest being stuck in this painkiller mode, yeah. and and I agree with that. I agree with that. I think none of these songs stand up to the material on Painkiller, but it's like they're going for that same sound. But you know, oh my God, that beginning of Panic Attack with it. Yeah. You know, that shit was like, oh my God. But, you know, like even with, with the second, uh, the Trial by Fire song, um, you know, I, I, I don't know. It's not like I think Rob sounds good. I don't like the production. I really don't. I think it sounds very, I don't know, like, like nobody's trying very hard. You know, and, and it sucks because, you know, almost everybody loves firepower, you know, but it, it sounds like, to me, it's it's a mix between Nostradamus and Redeemer of Souls, which, you know, uh, I don't hate Redeemer of Souls, but I thought a lot of the songwriting was forgettable, uh, where with Nostradamus, I just really fucking hated everything about it. And it's kind of a mix of that, like musically, it sounds like Nostradamus with the forgettability of Redeemer of Souls. And uh, I'm just like, eh. Uh, I mean, I'm still going to get it, don't get me wrong. Don't get it twisted, I'll shit on your deck. Um, you know, but yeah, not, not impressed. Didn't think it was a standout. So I'm not surprised that's what what your verdict was. Yeah, and I, if you know me, I don't know shit about production. Well, I know those songs suck. That's all I can say. I don't know. I didn't notice no bad production. I just noticed two crappy songs. Yeah. Uh, well, let's see. What's the next story? Uh, oh, uh, so there's been some talk lately about these uh, Randy Rhodes rehearsal tapes. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that Ozzy's camp is saying the quality's too low, it's not worth releasing. And then you get some shit from Bob Daisley, the genius behind Ozzy Osbourne, who says it, it's not as bad as they're making it sound. I think the true culprit here on why they're not being released is some rights issues that are probably owned by the family of Randy Rhodes. And I think that's really what, what's preventing this from happening. Because I think even with shit quality, uh, if Sharon thought she could make a fucking buck off this shit, it would get released. The thing is, it's not shit quality because Bob Daisley put up little clips and it sounds awesome. You know, it's recorded, right. on, a, it's recorded on a boombox during rehearsal. But even right. that, it sounds amazing that it came from a boombox because I thought... Like the solos are so clear. You know, he's got eight hours of this shit. And you know, it's like, you know, them doing crazy things 20 times, Mr. Crowley 15 times, you know, over and over again. But it's them writing the songs and what I right. heard, the quality, amazing. Right. And, and that's what makes me think, you know, it, it has to be a rights issue where Sharon doesn't want to give the family of Randy Rhodes any money. And, and they're like, well, fuck you. And I think that's the only reason it's not getting released because Sharon would jump on anything 
that would make money. And let's be honest, that it would sell more than these last couple of Ozzy albums, which haven't sold shit. You know, I mean, I don't think Ozzy's had an album that sold shit since probably Osmosis. You know, which didn't sell a fraction of of No More Tears. You know, so I think that, you know. Yeah, it's got to be something money or they'd fucking release this shit. Because they're fucking jackals. You know, let's be honest. Yep. Uh, fuck your Yep. Uh, this is something that's going to come into the album we're talking about, but Biff Byford reflected on Saxon's most challenging uh, period, and he was referring to the Dynasty album. In that period. And I gotta agree, but even though I, I think it started earlier than that. You mean Destiny? Uh, Destiny. Whatever the fuck. Horrible. Um, but I, I think they kind of went on a slump that started with Innocence is No Excuse, continued through Rock the Nations and Destiny. Uh, and then I, I think they got back on track. I thought Destiny was pretty good, step in the right direction. Yeah? I mean, it got better after that, but I thought it was better than two albums prior to it. Yeah, but that, you know, them covering Christopher Cross, you know. That was terrible. Yeah, that shit was terrible. All right, well, uh, tell a funny anecdote to the good listeners here while I go take a hot piss. I'll be right back. Uh, all right. Um, when a little later in the show... He and I are going to talk about Carp DM, which is the Saxon last album. And I got to tell you, that, and, and, and believe me, I love Battering Ram and Metalhead and Killing Ground. I love all later Saxon albums. But Carp DM, to me, it's the best thing they've done since Down in Leather, I think. I think it's a horrendously solid, killer metallic masterpiece. That I think you all should check out, man. It's really good. Biff is sounding off in the whole band. It's tight and awesome. And uh, I really hope I can see Saxon again. I've seen him two times. I saw the Denim and Leather Tour open for Triumph. And I saw them headline up in Tampa on the, was it Battery Ramp? Yeah, it was, I think it was Battery Ramp Tour. And man, what an awesome band. They're amazing. And this last album, Carp Diem, which we'll be talking about later on in the show. Fucking awesome. I think Ian's coming back. So we'll find out some more news. With the news with the with the weather girl here. Ian Wadley. What up? What's up? All right, what's next in the news? All right, did you see uh, the footage of Kirk Hammett falling on stage and getting pretty pissed? No. Yeah, I guess at a at a new Metallica show, he was tripped up by his wah-wah pedal, and they got into a fight, and Kirk Hammett ate shit. No, it was a real story. He fell down and then got up all pissed and threw his guitar and wasn't too happy. Poor Kirk. Yeah, well, I guess the Wawa pedal was tired of being abused since, like, 1989. Yeah. So. 
Oh, well. Uh, let's see. What else? Uh, uh, you did not go see uh, Exodus in Fort Lauderdale? No, that, man, let me tell you something. Okay, I tell me something. I have never experienced so much rain in my life. There was this crazy rainstorm here that lasted about, seriously, about 24 hours. And it was the night of that show, and I wasn't going to go anyway. Look, man, I'm not a big Exodus dude. I love Bonnet by Blood. I love Temple of the Dam, but I'm not going to go out of my way to see Exodus, especially Exodus open for some band I don't care for. Oh, fit for an autopsy, whatever it was called. What is that shit? Are they like fucking death metal or some shit? Sucks. Yeah, it's like that. It's shitty shit. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not a big Exodus dude. You know, I'm not a big Testament guy. I just, I like a couple of their albums, and that's it. I love Death Angel. Though. They're awesome. <laughs> that's funny. You said shitty shit. Shitty shit is the new band with Sammy Hagar, Michael Anthony, Vic Johnson, and uh, Jason Bonham. That'll be opening up for the Van Hagar experience. Uh God. Well, we love Jack Gibson, though. Jack Gibson, good friend of the show. We interview every single rock and pop. <laughs> yep. All right. Gene Simmons says, Kiss is done performing after the farewell tour show. My hand on the Bible. Uh, and I also uh, saw where he said, the band is done, but not the brand. No. No, the brand is done too. He just doesn't know it yet. So, so what do you expect after um, the the farewell show? The you know the Madison Square Garden final show. Do you think it's going to be like a like mass like live shows compilation? Because you know they're going to keep selling shit and shelling shit. Um, what do you expect out of Kiss? Uh, they'll, they'll play again live. I don't know if it'll be a full-blown tour, but they'll do like some Vegas residency. They'll play, I don't know, they'll play here and there. Yeah. And try to disguise it as, oh, we're done. But honestly, they're going to have to play shows if they want to make money. Because there's no money in Kiss merch. There's no money in these box sets they're releasing. The money is when they go out on tour. They get paid a million dollars. No. They're going to be paid a million dollars for anything else they do. You know? And they're going to have to play live because they're money hungry. And Ace Fraley is fucking money hungry too. Ace Fraley said this. He said, I'll go up on stage with Tommy Thayer in full makeup if they pay me the right price. What a bitch. He said that? He oh said that. He said, you know me, I'm the ace guy. But I ain't defending the motherfucker when he said that. I was like, you're no different than Gene and Paul, you know? You're money. Oh, he- but but Gene and Paul is like, look, if they really cared about the fans, they'd pay Ace what he asked him for. They would pay him to do it for the fans. But they won't. They're like, fuck the fans. They pay Ace that much. Peter Chris has been quiet this whole time. I don't think he wants yeah. that to do with any of this shit. 
Well, I think he's just keeping his mouth shut because he's hoping for like a measly paycheck. No, but um, Peter Chris is living good. He saved his money, invested it well. And Peter Chris played some jazz not too long ago in a, in a little club. And he was awesome. He was fucking badass. For an old guy, he was kicking yeah. out from drums. Here, here's my prediction for this shit. I think, you know, you're going to see the farewell show and everything. And then I think probably what you're going to see is a one-off of the original that they're going to charge a gazillion for. And it's going to be, I, I think the drums will be just as piped in as Paul's vocals. But I, I think they'll do like an original afterwards, you know, trying to get like a final payday kind of thing. And I think you're going to see like a bunch of, you know, re-reissues and... You know, live shit, anything to make some fucking money. I'll tell you this right now. And I kept my word when Ian challenged me. Ian, <laughs> Ian said, you're going to go to the end of the road tour because somebody's going to offer you a free ticket. And I yeah. told Ian, somebody offered me a free ticket, I'm still not going. Well, I stuck to my word because Kiss with Paul saying, come see us. Because <laughs> when we come to your town, we're never coming back. Well, after they came back three times. <laughs> I got offered free tickets all three times, and I denied it. And I will say it right now. That's awesome. Original Kiss gets back together with Ace Frehley and Peter Chris, Gene Simmons, and Paul Stanley. They can play across the street. I will not go even for free. Fuck! I'm done with Kiss. I'm done seeing them live. Oh, Kiss! I'm not gonna see. I don't give a fuck. This fucking uh, original lineup. I don't give a fuck. I, really I love it. I love it. I mean, I, 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 I agree. I agree. And, um, but there's people who pay for it, you know? Uh, so whatever. I, oh, no, I, no, I no. could it, give a shit less. I'll tell you this right now. It'll do better than the end of the road tour. That's oh, fuck yeah. That's right. Oh, fuck yeah. You know? But I'm, I, yeah. I'm done. All right. What else we got here? Oh, uh, this looks nice, man. Slayer is releasing a 40th anniversary edition of uh, Show No Mercy. There's like a whole box set coming out with a, a colored vinyl, a book, like a Slayer uh, vinyl mat for your record player and shit. I think this shit's coming out in uh, February. And uh, I, I would shell out money for that. I'm getting it. Uh, I, I, yeah. That's my favorite Slayer, man. Metal Blade Slayer is my favorite Slayer. So yeah, I will definitely get it because I thought it was cool. Yeah, yeah, I will definitely check that out too. I did check something out <laughs> that, uh, you know, may or may not, probably not of interest to you, but I had to check it out just to be fair. Just to say, hey, I gave it a listen to. I'll see what it is. Did you hear the new song from Molly Hatchet? Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't really hate it, but what? no, I didn't hate it, but I didn't like it either. It was alright. It was like it was like whatever, you know. Oh. There's not one original member of Molly Hatchet in this fucking band. <laughs> I know, and, that, and that's that's my whole point, you know. I was like. Well, who left? Because I think when I saw them open up for the Oyster Colt, there was one original. I always make a joke about they had an original roadie. 
But I think at the point I saw him in the late 90s, there was one uh, member left. But now there's like no members left. And I was like, well, let, let, let me check it out. Because I do like some. I mean, don't, you know, don't get me wrong. Don't get it twisted. I'll shit on your dick. Uh, you know, I like Gator Country. I love flirting with disaster and shit like that. I'm like, let me give it a try. That shit sounded like Toto meets Hootie and the Blowfish. You know, it was fucking horrible. And then, did you see the album cover for the new album? No, that I didn't see. Oh my god, talk about some horrible computer generated, like, we can't afford to spend anything on the album cover, you know. Those classic uh, Molly Hatchet albums were known for the, like, Frank Forenza or whatever the fuck his name is. The Conan guy, uh, you know, doing the covers and shit. It looks terrible. And to me, it just sounded like bad commercial southern rock fucking crap, but like modern. Oh, what a fucking turd. What a fucking Molly Hatchet. Give me a cup of break. Uh, let's see what's going on here. Uh, anything else you would be interested in? You know who owns Molly Hatchet? Who? Foreigner. <laughs> yeah. At least they sound good. And here, here, here's a fun fact about Foreigner. Every member of Foreigner are foreigners to the original lineup. Hey, I see what you did there. Um, oh my god. I doubt you even took the time to listen to this, but I did, and I wish I didn't. Um, did you hear the new song from Jack Russell and Tracy Guns? No, I didn't even know it was out. I, I did see they were working again. Oh, holy shit is it bad. I, I'm, I'm talking across the fucking board. You know, there there is like not one good thing you can say about anything. Hey, you know what I like? I like What's the that? new docking album. You like the new docking album? Yeah, I think it's pretty damn good. I've got it. I haven't listened to it yet. I heard the two songs that they made videos for, and I thought they sucked. I thought the whole album was really good. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll give it a chance. You know what's funny? is, you know, because I'm not paying money for that shit after I heard those two songs, so I downloaded it. And then I just saw today they posted, like, the Japanese edition. So, of course, it's got a bonus song. And so I downloaded that, and I'll get rid of the other one. Uh, <laughs> but, it, like, in reality, like, I'll probably never listen. I've got 20,000 fucking albums. I'll probably never fucking listen to it. But uh, those two singles I heard, I, I thought were horrendous. I agree. I, I thought... I thought Don sounded well. Hey, I'm happy for you. And uh, hey, it's a good sign. If you like it, probably somebody else out there will too. But I don't. I, who knows? There's probably a song in the album you think sucks, and I'll be like, "Oh, that song's awesome." No, I like every song. Okay. But yeah, this Jack Russell, Tracy Gunn shit. Yeah, they're putting out an album called Medusa. Yeah. And, there, there, uh, there, there's two people that I only like their first album. LA Guns and Get Great White. Only their yeah. first album was good. I thought everything else they did was shit. And I gotta say, which we, we should bring up, uh, Steve Riley died. Oh, yeah. Very and, sad. And I gotta say, man, I dig.
Steve Riley's LA Guns. Oh yeah, I, much, I've been, much better. I, I've been saying this for a while. You know how, man. And actually, Steve Riley liked my comment. You know, before he was like, dude, literally like less than a week before he died, he he didn't say anything. He just liked my comment where I said, man, you know, I, I didn't know he was gonna see it. I just yeah. wrote, man, this this LA Guns with Steve Riley is better than that Black Diamonds crap that LA Guns just released. Right. And the last song he released, which that album's coming out in February, something called Heavy Horses or something like that. That's yeah. the best song yet out of all these killer songs. Yeah. And yeah, they're they're way better than the the, the LA Guns with Phil and Jason. Yeah, I haven't heard the, the studio shit from Stephen Riley's shit, but I saw live clips from like the M3 festival. And man, I thought they sounded fucking good. Um, and I thought it's funny, I saw one of the uh, last interviews he did where he was talking about like how ironic he thinks it is that Tracy and, and Phil are back together. He's like, they hate each other. He goes, I don't care what they're portraying or whatever, this is for money. They do not like each other. And now you see that Tracy's doing an album with Jack Russell. You know, to me, it kind of shows that, you know, if he was really all on board with with Phil and vice versa, they'd be concentrating on that. But anyway, this new song, it, it, it's terrible. The guitar, it, it, there's nothing that screams like, hey, it's Tracy Guns. Not that he's that identifiable, but I mean, there's nothing special there. Uh, the songwriting is horrendous. The lyrics are Sammy Hagar level bullshit. And the vocals don't sound great. And that sucks because I love Jack Russell. Love Jack Russell. Uh, and I, and I'm, a, I'm much more of an L.A. Guns fan than you. Uh, but yeah, it's just dog shit, dude. It's dog shit. Really, really fucking bad. Um... So, Juice Priest announces a spring 2004 tour with Sabaton. I don't know much about Sabaton other than the guy wears a fucking chess piece, which I think looks retarded. They suck. Have you ever, have you ever listened to it? I've seen Sabaton many times. Oh, yeah. Are, are they power metal? Because that's what I get by not, looking at not it. Not really, but I guess in the realm, it's, it's just, I don't like it. I've heard worse, but... I would not buy a Sabaton album. Matter of fact, I don't think I've ever heard a Sabaton album. But I've seen them three or four times opening for people at the culture room. And I did yeah. once for Priest. I saw them Priest. They're just, they're, they're whatever, man. They seem yeah. like nice guys, but mm, not my thing. Yeah. They, they, they look like douchebags. Um, but, uh... Yeah, so whatever. I, it's not coming by either one. Well, the closest you would get is going to Daytona for that I, Daytona I, Rock. I, I would not go. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, fuck going to a festival show unless you're in Europe. Uh, you know, because you're going to see an abbreviated set. You know, a greatest hit set. So, whatever. But I'll tell you what, if they come to Seattle, I'll go fucking see them. Fucking ain't right. They're gonna go see Rob Halford's solo band featuring Ian Hill. Yeah. 
It's not Judas Priest anymore. Look, firepower is great, but firepower is not Judas Priest anymore. It's a killer Rob Hopper solo album. I just yeah. don't... Dude, I don't know, man. Glenn Tipton, K.K. Downing, Rob Hopper. They all three have to be there for it to be Judas Priest. You can even get rid of Ian Hill, I'm going But those three are essential to the Judas Priest sound. They are the songwriting team of Judas Priest. And yeah. honestly, man, without those uh, three people, it ain't, it's, a, it's a Rob Hopper solo band. Yeah. Well, uh, I guess something, you know, I've been kind of scared to bring this up to you because I know how much you, you love this band and I know it's probably very upsetting for you, but, uh, how are you dealing with, uh, Slipknot firing Jay, uh, uh, what's his name? Winsberg, whatever. I would not know. <laughs> Weinberg. Weinberg, whatever. Yeah, Max Weinberg. Yeah, Ma Max Weinberg. Yeah, it's Max Weinberg's son, actually. Yeah, yeah. They fired but, uh, him. They fired him. Uh -huh. well, hopefully they'll start firing themselves after that. Yeah. I'm telling you, I listen to Slipknot and I miss Sammy Hagar. I don't think <laughs> I have ever heard a worse band in my life than Slipknot. You know, it was, you know, what's funny is uh, I, I haven't liked any Slipknot song I've heard since Iowa. Um, and then I heard the first track on their, whatever their last studio was, and I loved it. I thought it was great. And then I was like, man, maybe I need to give the album a chance. And I started listening to it. Now... It, it was a fucking anomaly. It was fucking horrible. The rest of the shit was fucking like, ah, yeah, you know, like th this is what Ralph must feel like when he has to review this shit. You know, only I wasn't getting paid. I was like, oh, this sucks. Shut it off. Yeah, yeah and, and I did this shit. Mo almost everybody was telling me that's their two best albums. I was like, holy shit. You mean it gets worse than this? <laughs> oh, it does. It does. Hard to uh, believe. Hard to believe. But speaking of shit music and I, I did see a video you put out on this uh, but I think it's so horrible it still has to be mentioned that fucking Mick Mars song Ooh. oh my oh, man, god that oh. so hard mm. it was modern bullshit oh it was so bad and, and what sucks is kind of like you with uh you know, you got some inside info on the new Ace Fraley record you can't talk about. Yeah. I've got some behind-the-scenes info on uh, on the Mick Mars solo album that that I'm not privy to talk about. But uh, oh my God, did that suck! Horrible. Oh, it was it was so bad. And I was looking at comments on YouTube, and I could not believe that people were like, "Oh, this is really good. I like oh, yeah. this." Yeah, I saw people going, oh, yeah, this explains why Motley Crue's not been good for a long time. They've been holding oh. Mick down. No, if Mick would have contributed, they still would have been shitty albums. Oh. Um, 
Yeah, that that shit was fucking horrendous. That 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 was like Saints of Los Angeles, man. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, here's something you know, which, which funny that this man is my my lord and savior, but everything new I've heard has been breaking my heart, so I didn't even check it out. I think I checked out like maybe five seconds of it, and I got scared. Did you hear the David Lee Roth song "High Fashion Girl"? Yeah, I did. What'd you think? It sucks. Yeah. It sucks. I don't like none of these John John Five songs you've been releasing. They're all I know, which I don't get because I love the DLR band album. You know. I love uh, most of it. You know, I had to listen to it today because I did a track by track. There's yeah. there's like four or five tracks on the DLR album that are pissed. For. But the good well, songs are good. Little I, I, well, yeah. That's all. Well, actually, I mean, I like. I'm trying to think if there's a song I don't like on the album. I think I like all the songs. I think some songs Dave doesn't sound good on. Uh, but the the ones I don't like, I think Dave's the weak point. I don't think it's. You know, the the songs actually, and I love like Black Sand. I love when Dave does the weird, different shit, you know. Yeah, um, you know, another track by track I did today was Your Filthy Little Mouth. Ugh. Yeah, ugh, but man, I love your song on there called Sunburn. Oh, oh, one I, of my favorite Dave songs ever. I fucking love that song. Land's Edge. Oh. Land's Edge is awesome. Yeah. Um, Nightlife, which is a bluesy song. I hate the blues, but I love yeah. that. I, I, I think that's a Willie Nelson song. Yeah, it's a cover song. Yeah. 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 There, there's some horrible shit on there. There's some shit I like, but it, uh, yeah, but but Sunburn, I think, is one of the best things he ever did. Love to me, it's it. like it's like Secrets Part Two. Yeah. You know, nice and chill. Genius lyrics with the. The birds on the power line. Oh yeah, music brilliant. Well, really, you know, it's hard to find a Dave song where the lyrics suck. There's yeah. been a couple. There's been a couple, but for the most part, it's like he's always gonna nail it there. It's whether he nails it vocally or not. Uh, you know, or if he strays too far. Like I really fucking hate that cheat heart cafe shit he yeah. does with travis tritt yeah, yeah that's fucking and then there's yeah. that other one that's even worse the one with like a reggae guy yeah oh, yeah fucking, i mean they're both around yeah but yeah no sunburn you know what's so funny is i've seen on like some van halen pages where these hagar fucking pedophiles uh they're like secrets is terrible that's like the worst van halen song Wow. And I'm like, man, Secrets is fucking magic. There is a magic about that song. And I think he taps back into it. Uh, ones I would compare with that is, and I don't think you're a fan of the song, but I love it, but Hina off of uh, Skyscraper. Uh, I love the solo on that song. I, I, I love that. And, and Sunburn, though, but Sunburn. That, oh, my God, do I love that song. But uh, yeah, I, I didn't listen to the whole thing. Uh, very disappointed. I had high hopes when the project was first talked about, but most of what I've heard, even even the shit that like you like and other people have praised, I, I haven't heard one where I'm like, you know, now I see why why he's sitting on it. 
But uh, another story that came to light while we were off uh, was the shit where Wolfgang, who apparently hates David Lee Roth now because he shits on him in every interview, but uh, says that it's not on uh, a different kind of truth isn't on streaming because Dave doesn't like it. Yeah, I get a news story about that. Yeah, what, what what's your opinion on that? Do you think that's real or? Yeah, yeah, I believe Wolfgang. I do believe him. Yeah, but I'm wondering, I'm wondering, like, does Dave not like it, or is it a money issue, or I, I don't know. I don't know if he doesn't like it. Wolfgang said he doesn't like it. Dave has gotten really wacky. I, yeah. I mean, he gets wackier, wackier. The big story is that want Eddie Van Halen being used on the Eddie Van Halen tribute. That's what they're saying. Like, David Roth didn't want Eddie Van Halen. He, he just has these whacked out. You know, I think Dave, you know, I mean, he's just, I think he's suffering from something. You know? Yeah. You look, you look at old interviews with Dave, he was coherent, he was funny. Now it's like, man, only he gets to what he's saying, you know? Yeah. It's just so fucking out there. You know, it's like, Dave is gone, basically. The Dave I loved. You know, even performance-wise. I loved it, don't get me wrong. Last time I saw yeah. Van Halen, I never seen Eddie Van Halen play that good in my life. And I saw all the 80s shows. Yeah. But I thought Eddie Van Halen was the best the last couple tours. I thought he played better than any tour. But Dave... Other than the first reunion in 07, Dave sounded great. But after that, it just went downhill. But Yeah, I mean, I, I see the videos he puts up on his YouTube page, and it's like constant remixes of Lizzo songs. and But, to, I mean, it, it's just weird shit. And, I mean, it's still, it's still got more talent than Sammy Hagar. Yeah, of course, it's better and, it, You know, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of rough. Uh, but you know, at, le at least we can admit that, though. You know, like so many people, are like, oh, you're a Roth card. No, it's I, like, yeah, I, I admit it all the time. But I, you know, I always say, you know what, man? It's a Dave is just old. Yeah, still gonna be the greatest frontman ever. I don't care right. how shitty he is now. What yeah. he did in the '80s, up to '86. Every mm -hmm. show I saw with Benny on and Adam and Smile Tour. Dude, on on skyscraper, I started to see some cracks in the band. Yeah. In every show after that, there it wasn't as good as Edom and but, down. You know, something I I think you know, and some people are gonna have a hard time swallowing this, even though they like to get fucked in the ass by children. Van Halen never would have made it without Dave. Because, because think about it. As great as Eddie is, as great as influential as he is, look how many shit bands have a great guitar player that didn't make it. You know, look how many great fucking. You know, uh, prime example. You know, we and we both saw him live, and, and you hit me to him. You're like, no, check this guy out, Andy Timmons. Yeah. From Danger, Danger. Awesome. Oh, what a virtuoso. I saw him live. I was blown away. But his band didn't have that fucking X factor. You know, there's nothing that pushed him over the top. If you didn't have Dave selling early Van Halen to put that shit on the map, 
You know, like if they came out the gate with Sammy Hagar, they never would have made it. Never. Never, never would have made it to that level. They would have been Montrose. Yeah. Okay, Ronnie Montrose, great guitar player. Okay, great riffs, great, great everything. Never would have fucking made it. You know, Sammy does not have that X factor. He has that jumped on the bandwagon, you know, appeal. Seriously, anybody could have replaced Dave after that, and and it would have sold because the brand was so big then. You know, it, it's like the you know. The, the Beatles could have kicked out Lennon and got somebody else in 70, and it would have sold a lot of records, you know? Because they were, like, at that point. But without Dave, they never would have, you know... It was the perfect mix of Eddie and Dave. But you take one out of the equation, it never would have happened. Never. Not in a million fucking years. They would have been just another band. Look how many bands in the 80s had great musicians that, that never achieved anything it's not always about talent it's about having that perfect mix that x factor you know you know why, why do you think sammy's going out on tour doing this sh it's all he has it's all he has at this point is hey remember when i was in van halen remember when i was in van halen you know nobody gives a shit you know it's not a, it's not a big appeal to the masses but a really really great band i thought was a band called uk uh, I've heard of them. I, I know of them, but I've never heard of them. It features John Wetton, the amazing singer from Asia. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. But on guitar, one of the right. greatest guitar players ever, Alan Holdsworth. The guy oh, was, yeah, Alan Holdsworth. Yeah. A, a freak of nature. Yeah. One of Eddie's favorite guitar players. Yeah, yeah. But as you see, yeah. Peter Roth wasn't in the band, so I think so. Yeah. Eddie was actually supposed to produce one of his solo albums, I believe. And some shit happened, yeah. Eddie worshipped him. And yeah, guitar masturbatory motherfuckers know who Alan Holsworth is. Nobody else fucking does. You know, he's like another Al Demiola. You know, if you're not a fucking guitar nerd, you have no fucking clue. You know? I never would have given Andy Timmons uh, a chance. I, I would have sat out and drank in the bar during that show if you wouldn't have said, hey, go check him out. You know, because I'm like, danger, danger, get the fuck out of here, you know? And he was amazing, you know? So, yeah. No, no, no Dave, no deal. Uh, let's see, do we got another story before we go into the album? Uh, let's see here. Oh! Well, this is kind of funny. Uh, did you see that Venom Inc.? Uh, parted ways with her drummer. Yeah. And then he made a post about Slipknot. So the big the big rumor is like he's going to be the new drummer in Slipknot. He made a post and then took it down. Which, uh, yeah, that'd be a waste. Yeah. Uh, that would be Let's see. Anything else? Um... Uh, Oh, Sammy Hagar fans are pedophile. Oh, wait a minute. We already talked about that. Yeah. Uh, Sammy Hagar fans like to be fucking ass by children. Do we have anything? Oh, here. Yeah, here's another story. Sammy Hagar fans like to be fucking ass by children. Uh, a lot of those stories. 
I'm trying to see if there's anything did, else. Did you read that one story of the Sammy Hagar fans that got fucked in the ass by children and then said, I could beat up Ralphie's week? <laughs> yeah, well, I didn't read it. I, I heard it on uh, the Freeform Rock podcast. You, uh, nobody heard anything on Freeform. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just making that up. Uh, <laughs> all right, fuck it. Let's get into the album. Uh, and this is one I kind of threw it. I, I know we still have a handful of uh, fan episodes left, but you know, as I talked about earlier in the show, my uh, my work schedule's been crazy. He's so talking like, to you. Go ahead. I was like, "Fuck it," you know. We we got to do a show. You know, let, let let's just pick something. And I saw this story. Uh, on Blabbermouth, and the headline was was Biff Byford, and he was saying, "We're just as known as Iron Maiden. We're just not as popular." And I thought it was a brilliant comment, and uh, uh, very true. I mean, most people who know metal know who Saxon is. Of course, everybody knows who Iron Maiden is, um, but. You know, it, it's kind of a double-edged sword. You know, it's like, yeah, everybody knows Saxon, but they never broke over the way Iron Maiden did. But in my opinion, uh, as crazy as it sounds, they're a better band. Way better. Uh, you know, and, you know, I look at the discography and everything and, and what they're doing now in their career, and I was like, let's talk about some Saxons. So, you know, I, I threw that at Ralph. And I was hoping to do like a, a classic one. I think we might have done one other Saxon. I'm not sure. But I, I was wanting to do like a classic one. Ralph's like, you know, the latest album so fucking awesome. Let's do that. And I was like, okay, whatever. As long as we're talking about Saxon. And, uh, you know, it's just like, fuck, listen to this album over and over. I'm like, this band is so good, so underrated. You know, I was lucky enough to see them a couple years ago, and and they just blew my mind. I mean, you know, I saw them at a small venue in New Orleans, and, you know, you would swear they were on stage at fucking Reading or fucking Bakken or whatever. I mean, they gave it their fucking all. It was an incredible show. And I remember particularly when, when this album first came out, Got it, loaded on my phone. I was listening to it one day at work. Usually would have my phone on shuffle. And a song came out. I was like, God damn, which one's this? It's like, oh, this is the new one. And then I was like, okay, let, let me take it off shuffle, listen to the whole album. And I was surprised at how strong it was. And I was like, God damn, this is good. But it was one of those, like, I listened to it a couple times. Like, yeah, this is really good. But I always go back and listen to old shit. It's the, it's the old man in me, you know, it's, it's very rare. A new album really sticks around. Even when I like it, it, it's hard for it to stick around. Uh, but man, listening to it today, I listened to it three times today, getting ready for this review. And I was just fucking blown away. But, um, how did you first come into Saxon? Rather, I mean, what album, who turned you on, uh, did you stick with them? Did you peter out? What happened? It was MTV showing Princess of the Night. That video. 
I fell in love with it. I ran out and bought Denim and Leather, which is still my favorite Saxon album. Then I bought Strong Armor Law after that. And We Will Steel then. I love Power of the Night. Crusader was weak, but the song Crusader rules. Then after that is when they took a dip. But I got the C-section on the Denim and Leather Tour open for Triumph. Wow. And that was amazing. They came down here the year before a Strong Armor Law opened for Rush on the Permanent Waves Tour. Wow. And I couldn't go to that, man. I wanted to badly. Uh, but, um, yeah, and, and, you know, and then I, I, every time Saxon released something, I would check it out. You know, I, I didn't give up on them. I just gave up on buying their shit. But then, you know, after Destiny, I started buying their stuff again. And, yeah, they've just been releasing top quality shit ever since for, like, 20 years now. Every Saxon album's been great. Every one of them has been great. But this one, the last one, Carpeum, I think is the best out of all of them. Because as as great as all those albums are, yeah, there's a couple songs on there that I'm kind of like, not this album. Every song's a winner on this album. That's why I, I think it's the best album they've done since then I'm in love. Absolutely love Carpeum. Awesome. Uh, I first heard them, I gotta say 88. Had a friend, Paul Turngren. I know he's not listening, but I gotta give him a shout out. He turned me on to like some really cool shit, like uh, the first LA Guns, uh, right when that came out, uh, the Cramps and Saxon. You know, the, he's like, you know, he was big into uh, all kinds of shit. You know, he was a huge Zappa fan too, but he was really into the new wave of British heavy metal. He's like, you got to check out this band Saxon, and I think I'd probably, and I don't know if I read a story on them in a hit parader, but you would see their T-shirts. Remember, I used to have all the T-shirt ads and everything in the back of the magazine, so I knew there was a band called Saxon, but didn't know a whole lot about them. And he let me borrow the cassette of Strong Arm of the Law, and I was like, man, this shit's really good. But it wasn't, I liked it, but I didn't run out and get it uh, for whatever reason. But it wasn't because I didn't like it. It's just, you know, late 80s, I was into the whole cock rock thing. But it, I always remember, like, yeah, I did that Saxon shit. And when I was coming up into metal and everything, you know, you know, late 80s, early 90s, Saxon at that time was a little bit of a, of a joke, you know, and like their time had come and gone. And I always remember my best friend. Uh, there's a part in a Pantera video where, where Phil and Samuel makes a joke about uh, they're in Russia. He's like, oh, that's all the people gathered around for the annual Saxon concert. And he, he always took that as like Phil was making fun of Saxon, so they must suck. You know, so to him, like, yeah, I'm not going to listen to that because Phil doesn't think they're cool. And it's funny how shit like that happens when you're young. I mean, I know a lot of people who, you know, got turned on to prong because Pantera wore a prong shirt in the Cemetery Gates video, you know, shit like that. So shit like that's influential and means a lot when you're a kid. But he never gave him a chance where I went back, looked into him, and I was like, 
shit, this band kicks ass. Uh, and I just got more and more into them. And as I checked out the discography, yes, they did take a you know a turn for the worst, in my opinion. After Crusader, I like probably Crusader more than you do. Um, but like, you know, Innocence is no excuse. Uh, Rock the Nations and, and Destiny. Yeah, I didn't really like. But when I went back and, you know, checked out their catalog from Solid Ball of Rock and even Biff says this, you know, they kind of found their footing again. Started working their way back up. And much like you said, it's solid album after solid album. And when I saw this comment, you know, about Biff saying, oh, we're just as known as Maiden, we're just not as popular. I started thinking about it. It's like, but look at the catalog. To me, Saxon has a better overall catalog than Maiden. But they didn't, they didn't put out, you know, the, the first Maiden album through, yeah, I know you'll say Power Slave, I'll say through Somewhere in Time. I don't think they ever put out an album albums that were as important or as you know groundbreaking as those but if you add up the catalog i look at it the same way as i look at metallica versus overkill okay nothing overkill's done has touched the first four metallica albums. but if you look overall there's way overkill has a 10 times better discography than metallica Metallica's got way more shittier albums than Overkill's ever put out. Anthrax. You know? What's that? Anthrax as well. Yeah. So it's kind of one of those things. One's a little bit more influential, but if you're looking at a at a full discography and a full catalog, to me Saxon's a stronger band because Saxon, since I think Solid Ball of Rock was '91 or '92, uh, in my opinion, they haven't put out a bad album. Now, some are definitely better than others. Um, but then you, you look at Maiden, and I look at what Maiden's done from, you know, Seventh, Seventh Son on to now. There's not a whole lot in there that I think is great or that I would put up against their earlier career. Where with Saxon, they're just building on it, you know? And I think some people look at Saxon like, well, who's in the band now? And blah, blah, blah. I mean... Let me check. I mean, this has been a solid lineup. I mean, Paul Quinn's just recently retired from touring and stuff. But uh, if you look at the band, uh, hold on here. Let me bring up the dates. Uh, Doug Scarlett, who is amazing on guitar, has been there since 95. Nibs Carter on bass has been there since 1988. Uh, Niall Glockler has been in and out, but for the most part, from 81 to now uh you know paul quinn he's kind of doing the um, you know the glenn tipton he's not touring but he's still going to be part of the band and biff byford's been there since 1975 so it, it you know they really haven't had much of a lineup change since 95 which is incredible and they just put out great metal i mean great blue collar British new wave of heavy metal fucking music. And, you know, I was looking today, this album was released in uh, 22. I mean, we're we're still in 2023. And I think 
Biff's like fucking 72 or some shit like that. So, okay, he recorded this 69.7. Everybody talks about people like, you know, Glenn Hughes. Like, oh my God, how does he still sound like... How does Biff Byford still sound like this? Yep, he still sounds awesome. Yeah, his voice has not aged. Much like Glenn Hughes. But nobody talks about that. You know, and this guy sounds amazing. Listen to the drums on this fucking album. Uh, and, 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 you know, this guy recorded this when he was like 68 or whatever. Listen to the drums on this and think about a 68-year-old playing this shit. No, I, I, I saw Saxon like three years ago. And Nigel killed it on this. Yeah. Killed it. Amazing. Still an amazing drummer. And I talked to him after the show. And, you know, he didn't play on Denim and Leather, but he did the Denim and Leather tour with Jill joined Motorhead. Right. Who, who, by the way, another amazing drummer. Dude, his drumming on No Remorse and on on Orgasmatron, that's an awesome drumming. I do that as well. But Nigel's amazing. And, yeah. Yeah. Talk to him after the show. He's very old. And he's very, like, like, he ain't paid another one. He ain't yeah. lost anything. And he's old, but he's just as good as when he was young. Yeah, but, but even even Ian Pace, who I think like technically is a more you know, he's more like a Bill Ward type jazzy kind of drummer. The shit you hear on this album coming from Nigel, and this motherfucker just had like a heart attack a year or two ago. And still kicking ass. You know? And it's just it, it's mind-blowing, and it's sad that a lot of people in this country um, don't give them a fucking chance. And this band has, like, they've never stopped since they came out. You know, what, 79, the first album came out. Their popularity has waned and, and gone up. And I, I saw this video on YouTube. It, it, was, it was so sad. It was like a show. It was like a, a British reality show they were on in the mid or late 90s. And basically it was like, kind of like what you'd see in the States, a shark tank, you know, where they try to tell you how to sell it and do all this. And these people are just telling them what they need to do to be relevant now and all this shit, giving them horrible fucking advice. And this, this band shouldn't even be on that show, but this is like the kind of shit they had to do to keep in the public eye and to try to make some money and do others. This band has never given up. And they're rewarded in Europe, you know, and, and, and not only Europe, but Russia, you know, other, uh, you know, probably South America, everywhere but America, they're respected. You know, they, they can they can headline at Bach and they can do all this shit. You know, in the States, nobody wants to fucking know nothing about them. And, and it's fucking sad, man, because not only is the past work amazing, what they've been doing now, if you take Saxon from Solid Ball Rock 92 to now, and you put that up against what Maiden's done in that same time, not even close. Not even fucking close. You know, Maiden is so bloated and fucking repetitive and fucking, I don't know, just sounds stale as fuck. But they got Eddie. Well, yeah, but these guys have not only managed to keep that, like, Saxon sound, 
but they pumped it up a, a couple notches. I mean, there, there's there's shit on this that to me is is thrashier and, and more like relevant than what Metallica's doing. But you never know it. But Metallica loves to you know play motorcycle man, and do all this shit. But do they take Saxon on tour with them? Nope. They take days of the fucking noon. Not Saxon. Not merciful fate. This band kicks ass, and, and like I said, initially, I was hoping Ralph picked like a, a classic album to do, but man, by the time I listened to this for the third time today, I was like, I'm so glad he picked this album, because more people need to check this out, and, and don't don't forget, don't do what I did initially, listen to it, go, hey, that, that, that's a good album, and then forget about it. Keep listening to it, because as the more and more I listen to this today, I, I just fell in love with it, and more and more every fucking listen. Damn, this is this is vital new metal coming out by a bunch of fucking senior citizens. Give me one second. Seriously, senior fucking citizens uh, putting out metal that's just as good, if not better, than what anybody else is putting out right now. You know, fuck, take that ghost shit and shove it up your fucking ass. And I love old Ghost, but you know, you listen to the new Ghost album, and you listen to this shit, get the fuck out of here. It ain't even fucking close. Ain't even fucking close. You listen to Metallica 72 seasons, listen to this. To me, not even fucking close. What's fucking better? What's more metal? What has more staying power? You know? Yeah, bands like Iron Maiden, Metallica have the brand, Ghost, all this shit. This is a better metal album than any of those fucking bands. Oh yeah, it's better than the last Ghost album. Oh yeah, definitely better. Uh, last Ghost album is better than the Metallica album. I'll say this. Yeah. The Metallica album as well. Yeah, man. Saxon is interesting. They've been doing. I mean, yeah, I love this album so much, but man, everything they've done before this. Battle oh yeah. Killing ground. Call to arms. Oh yeah, oh, fucking uh, oh, uh, metalhead, fucking into the lab, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, battle ram, yeah, all that shit, dude. It's it's fucking killer, and they're getting ready to put out a new album. Yeah, and in my opinion, I'm I'm very excited to see. I don't know what's gonna happen yet because Paul Quinn's still with the band, but he's not touring with them. But now they're touring with Brian Tatler. From fucking Diamond Head. Yeah. So I, I can only like wonder what the possibilities are with him riding with them. I mean, I just see that as a match made in fucking heaven. Yeah. But I don't I don't know if it's gonna be they haven't really announced yet, you know, is he gonna be involved in the writing process? But could you and what's funny is the last Saxon tour Diamond Head was opening up. I mean what a fucking bill that is to begin with. But could you imagine adding that, you know, that diamond head magic with Saxon? I mean, holy fucking shit. If you love traditional fucking metal, which you should if you listen to this show, you know, and especially the new wave of British heavy metal, which, I mean, that runs through Ralph and Isa veins like crazy. That is the stuff, you know, that that's our bread and butter is the new wave of British heavy metal, you know. Uh, I'm, I'm very excited, and, and to see a band that did this 
just a couple years ago, I have all the faith in the world that, you know, whatever they put out now, I, I think it's going to blow away uh, whatever Judas Priest is putting out. Actually, I was thinking this to myself earlier today. I was listening to this. I think I would take Carpe Diem over Firepower. I would. I totally would. Yeah. 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 Easily. And I love Firepower. Yeah. Even better. Yeah, I do too. All right, Ralph, why don't you uh, take the opening track, title track? Oh, man, what an opening track it is. Traditional metal at its finest. You know, yeah, it's got a spooky little intro. It goes on a little too long. I'm only complaining about the whole album. This is the intro. <laughs> down a little bit. Get right into the meat of the killer metal. Carp that D on. Awesome, awesome song. Absolutely love it. Great opening track. Great title track. All right. Um, I'm going to kind of mirror that. And I got to look at my notes because I've been drinking since early this afternoon. Um... When I first heard that intro, I was like, oh, this could be bad. <laughs> you know, much like what, what Ralph said. I'm like, oh, this could be too much, you know. And, and Ralph likes some power metal and shit where I'm a little bit more unforgiving. Uh, but I was like, oh, th- th- this, this could suck. This could be going the wrong direction. And then that riff kicks in. Never mind. <laughs> this kicks ass. Damn Biff and the boys sound better than bands half their age. I mean, seriously. At the time of recording, this lead singer is 69 years old and sounds like this. It, it, it's, it's fucking amazing. And they put out four videos for this song, I mean for this album, including this title track. I mean, just fucking unreal. Uh, I'll take the next song, Age of Steam. Uh, the beginning of this sounds like modern priest to me, and that's not a bad thing. And keep in mind, the producer on this is Andy Sneap, uh, probably my favorite producer right now for metal. Um, to me, he runs a good mix of modern production values, but keeping the same heaviness. You know, uh, it's not as polished as like you know with. Modern Maiden, you get that horrible Kevin Shirley production that they've had for, you know, since uh, Brave New World, which just sounds so sterile and so stale. And sounds like this guy, you know, has no balls to tell you, hey, this ain't working or you've done this before. Andy Sneap keeps it fresh. Kind of similar to Roy Z, but a little bit more punch. you know, and in a world of where, you know, you don't have the old school Martin Birches and the, the Terry Dates these days, you do have Andy Sneap. And, uh, yeah, a little bit of priest worship, but then when it kicks in, you have a modern Saxon classic to me. You know, it, it, it's, it's not a rehash, but there's enough here on this song that lets you know, yes, you are listening to Saxon. And I love Age of Steam. I think it kicks ass. What do you think? Yeah, man. Biff sounds so fucking badass on your team. Total metallic greatness. Love it. Next one is uh, The Pilgrimage, which is slowing yeah. down 
Uh, I think it's an awesome melodic tune. Um, it's one of my favorites on this album. It kind of like a little shade to the album to give, you know, to make it a little different. But amazing song. I love it. I love the program. Well, I concur, you son of a bitch. Uh, I love this one. And this is one that every time I listen to it, I get it more and more. And to me, it harkens back to like a song like Crusader. There's something vintage Saxon about this. Uh, it is the epic track. It's over six minutes long. And here's another thing that's awesome about this. This album is 10 songs, 44 minutes long. Perfect. Yep. Perfect. Does what it has to do. Gets the fuck out of there. There's not 37 bonus tracks that you can tell while it, why it's a B-side and shit like that. But the pilgrimage, uh, again, what a, what a fucking grower. I mean, I loved it the first time, but the more and more I hear it, I'm like, God damn, it's, it's Saxon through and through. Lyrically, musically, vocally, every everything about this. It's it's probably my favorite track on the album. And that's that's saying something because this motherfucker is chock full. Um, I'll take the next one. Damn Busters. Uh, solid album track. Doesn't stand out nor does it detract from the album. Uh... And it, it, it does what, in my opinion, album track should do. Okay, yeah, it's not necessarily a single, but it's not like, you know, horrible. It's just kind of, it, it, it's it's just there. And, and I, I hate to undersell this because I think it's a great song. I just don't think it's like the standout. But it, it totally deserves to be on the album, and I think it kicks ass. What do you think, Jeff? It's my favorite. It's, wow. It's my favorite song off the album, the riffage, the heaviness, fast and furious. I mean, this song does not have time for wimps like Mark Allen and Tough Guy Taylor. This song, yeah, that dude will kick your ass. Yeah. That, that guy doesn't like sex, trust me. Because Eddie Trunk told him not to listen to sex. Damn <laughs> um, Boss is my favorite track off the album. Then comes... Remember the Fallen, which is another ripping tack. And you know, it's a, it's actually a song about Mark Allen Taylor's podcast, The Fallen. <laughs> Love it. Another great song. Great well, to talk to. I love Remember the Fallen too. And at first I thought it was like a, Maybe it was a, a tribute to Fallen Soldiers or something like that. And I watched the video. This is another one they made a video for. Uh, and it's very related to, like, COVID. And to, like, you know, the doctors and, you know, frontline medical people um, during during the COVID pandemic. A really good song. Um, classic fucking Saxon. And, uh, and, and a really good video, too. Um... Uh, you know, again, COVID, and they pointed out in the video, which I thought was very smart, uh, you know, that shit was started when a Sammy Hagar fan shoved a bat up his ass in Wuhan, China. Wow. You know. I didn't yeah. know Sammy Hagar fans in China. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, well, they all have small dicks, and I, and I hate to pick on you Asians, but you know, uh, yeah, shoved a bat up his ass at a wet market, and then came back here, had a kid fuck him in the ass, and and then you got COVID. They made a song about it. Kicks ass. I I, I love Remember the Fallen. Oh, yeah. Really good track. Uh, then I'll take the next one after that. Supernova. All right, again, I got, I got to go to my notes here. I'm a little drunk. Uh, just as heavy and as good as, as the, the shit mega bands that everybody loves, like Metallica, uh, put out now. Uh, and these motherfuckers, uh, again, I, I pointed out their age. They are legit senior citizens. And they're putting out a song like Supernova. I mean, seriously. If, if you do nothing, just just Google fucking Saxon Supernova. Put it on now. Compare it to what you hear coming out from these legacy bands when they put out records. Compare it to what you hear on modern rock radio. You know, you're... You're disturbed and your five-figure fucking donkey punch shit. And listen to this and tell me what's better. Seriously. Tell me what what more reminds you of what you love about heavy metal. You know, and what what, what grabs you. If it's not this, I don't fucking trust you. You probably shove bats up your ass and spread COVID while you listen to Sam Hagar. Supernova kicks ass. What do you think? You shove bats up your ass and then you get on your phone. You say you can kick my ass, but you think I'm... <laughs> All right, Supernova, hell yeah, man. Another fast-paced metallic tune. Love it. It's a song Mark Allen Taylor doesn't like, because then he told them to listen. <laughs> and, and Mark listens to Dirty Honey and Rival Sons, because that's what Eddie Trump told him to listen to that. Fucking poser. Uh, love it. Another one of my favorite songs on here. And then we go into Lady in Grey, which is another melodic track, you know, to bring variety to, to this uh, fucking best Saxon album since Denim and Love. Uh, I love Lady in Grey. I think it's a great melodic little change to the album. What do you think? Oh, yeah. I, I love it too, and at least the, the lady ain't wearing red because that, that's one of my most hated songs in the world is Lady in Red. I fucking hate that song. But Lady in Grey, on the other hand, kicks fucking ass. And I mean, you pretty much said it. It's a cool melodic track, and it does change the album up a little bit, gives it that flavor. Uh, you, you know, that's what. This album, nothing gets repetitive and nothing sounds like, okay, this is like the last song. But yet it all sounds like fucking Saxon. And it's just, god damn, as I'm listening, I'm like, this shit is fucking solid as fuck. It's a solid ball of rock, if you will, just a different album. But then we go into the next one, which is All For One. And if I had to pick a least favorite song on the album, it would be this one, but I still love it. And that's, you know, the hallmark to me of a, of a great album. Like, even the one where you're like, okay, this is the lesser one, but it still kicks ass. You can't go wrong. You can't go, there is no fucking turd on this fucking album. Even though this would be my least favorite, it still fucking kicks ass. It's still better than anything on the new fucking Megadeth album. 
or the, the new Metallica album. I, I love All for One. The new Overkill. Even though it's... Um, I like it more than you, but I, I mean, I get what you're saying. I understand it. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I'd say it's better than anything on Wings of War. I'll give you that. Uh, but no, I, I, I love All for One. I think it's a great track. What do you think? Oh, yeah, I love it, man. It's uh, back to some neck-breaking metal. Has a killer solo. It's a killer song. And Mark sucks. <laughs> All right, what do you think of the next track? Black is the Night. Black is the Night is badass. This song gets stuck in my head, you know, because I do listen to the song quite a bit. And it's the one song that gets really stuck in my head. And when it does get stuck in my head, it's a good day, because this song rules. This song is the opposite of Mark. <laughs> uh, I love this track. Uh, another one they made a video for. They got a video for the title track, The Pilgrimage, Remember the Fallen, and this one. And what I love about this one is it's not... Um, What's the acronym? Uh, I'm trying to remember here. Hold on, give me a second, I've been drinking. Uh, anyway, it's like power metal, but like, not like fucking gay shit, like fucking Man of War. You know, uh, Man of War is what you call, it's P, uh, God damn it. I had a great joke. I should have wrote it down, but I did it. But anyway, uh, uh, Man of War, uh, you know, chicks run away from it. It's, yeah, pussy repellent metal. PRM. Pussy repellent metal. But, on the other hand, you got like pussy magnet metal, which uh, you can't really call it metal, but it is like poison. You got to find that middle ground, you know? Where, you know, it's not totally virgin shit, but it's not shit for girls either. You know, you got to find that nice sweet spot. And that's what I like about Saxon is, you know, hey, a lot of chicks like Saxon too, because it's just good fucking metal. But it's not nerd virgin shit like fucking Dragon Force and fucking Man of War and fucking Three Inches of Blood and all that fucking gay fucking shit. And by gay, I, I, I mean like not good. I don't mean sucking dick because that's fine. Uh, I, I just mean horrible fucking metal. Uh, I love this fucking track. And do I get the last one or does it go to you? No, it goes to you. Okay. Oh, good. Because I love this fucking track. Living on the Limit is the shortest track on this album. Under three minutes. And to me, it's perfect placement. Uh... A short, fast number that just kicks you in the fucking ass. And I love, I love ten songs, doesn't overstay its welcome, and leaves on a fucking high note. And I, I don't see it as a throwaway song. It's a shorter song, but to me there's nothing throwaway about it. It's To me it's just as good as everything else. And I put, yeah, fucking love it, kicks you in the ass on the way out. Uh, and... Leaves a cream, cream pie dripping out your mama. Saxon's over and out, bitch. Um, Hi. It, yeah, it, it, it's all—it's it, the way to do it. 
And uh, for a band this long in the tooth, man, that's fucking amazing. Oh, I lost my ear. But, uh, man, I love this fucking album. And I'm so glad you picked it, Ralph. What do you think of uh, the last track? Uh, before I get into the last track, I just want to do a public service announcement that I am a huge Manowar fan. And Ian is a faggot. And what I mean by faggot is that he takes <laughs> the ass and he sucks it. <laughs> That's what I mean about faggot. He's a faggot who sucks dick and takes it up the ass. All right? Not the other type of faggot. I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about British cigarettes, a little bundle of wood, little bundle of wood in in, in in Canada. No, I'm talking about glory halls, fucking pumping up the ass with stranger semen, faggot. All right, Living on the Limit. Uh, end, end this killer album with a killer rap, ripping track. This, I'm telling you, man, the first time I heard this album, and then I, and I ended with this song, I was like, fuck, man, there's, I needed to go back. I was like, wait a second, man. Is there no song I don't like on here? Because on first listen, I was loving every song. And my first time buying, I mean, the first time hearing it was on YouTube. And I played it again, and then after the second, actually, I wasn't even done playing it the second time, where I went on Amazon, bought on vinyl, you know, because I loved it so much. A perfect 10 album. This is an amazing, amazing yeah. album. That, that's, it, it, it's, it sucks how it's going to the radar because it's Saxon, you know? It sucks that Overkill gets more press than Saxon. And Overkill's not big, or Testament. This shit's way better than both those bands combined, in my opinion. And mind you, I'm not a faggot. Well, you do like Motorhead. I mean, not Motorhead. Uh, Man of War. Um, uh, cool thing about this, even though I know it doesn't matter as much now because record sales are in the shitter, this is their highest charting album in England since The Power and the Glory. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah, yeah, it made it to, to 17 on the British charts. It made it onto three different charts in the U.S., which U.S. charts mean even less. But um, this album did pick up some traction, and it, it did get a lot of respect. All the reviews were really good. Um, but, you know, unfortunately, not as, you know, more people need to know this. And that's why, again, I think it's so great that you picked this one over, like, what I really wanted to do, which was, like, you know, between the first, like, I love the first one. You don't, you don't like the first one. I like the, you know, the no, first I, one. I, I like the first one. I do like it. Oh, I thought you didn't like it. Uh, but I, I love the first one through Crusader, you know, I think are awesome. And I love a lot of the older shit, too. It's the middle, those middle three I talked about earlier, I'm like, eh. But uh, but no, I think that's great because if this brings attention to this, this does deserve to sell more than it did. Um, deserves to get more attention. And please, if this band comes by you, do not sleep on this shit. I mean, when I saw them, I think I saw them in 2018, maybe. I mean, they were fucking incredible. And I'm so pissed uh, that I didn't stay and hang out with them. But... My girlfriend at the time, the guy I went with, they wanted to go home. 
and they were hanging out by their bus being cool to everybody. You know, I'm like, fuck. You know, I should just, hey, you guys go fucking home. I, I'm going to stay here with Saxon. I wish I would have because they were amazing. Uh, they played all the hits, but they also played deep cuts. I mean, they, they were just an amazing live band. And like I said, I saw them at a small club, but they gave it all the energy and all the attitude of a headline. I mean, they were the headline band, but you know what I mean? Like they were headlining at a big festival. And just incredible, man. And uh, this band deserves your respect and deserves your money. So go out and buy this shit. Yeah, I, I, I flew to New York once to see Saxon play BB King. Oh yeah? Yeah. Uh, and Jackson was awesome. After they played, I was outside. This is when I used to smoke cigarettes. I was outside having a cigarette with some people that I knew from New York that were at the show that I had known from my line. And who comes walking out? Biff. And I was yeah. like, oh, there's Biff. So we ran after him and I, I got to get a picture and I told him, I saw you play Miami, man, in 1981 Triumph. And he's like, I remember that show. Because I never been to Miami before. I oh, nice! Yeah, it was very cool meeting. It's awesome. Nice. And and I mean they, they are they're just an amazing band with a tight fucking catalog. You know, please check this album out and check out pretty much you know all their shit. I mean they got maybe three like eh. The rest is all solid fucking shit if you love metal. So, great pick, Ralph, and uh, very happy to return with this one, man. Carpe Diem, check this shit out, bitches. Except if you're Mark, because Eddie Trunk doesn't talk about it. <laughs> All right, well, uh, it's he's, another, going... he's another faggot like you, Ian. He's hey. He is no hey. bottle of wood. He is not a British cigarette. He's a straight-up dick-sucking and sitting on big black cocks, faggot. Hey, I didn't say that shit, Mark. Kick his ass, not mine. He <laughs> me to say it. Yeah, I did. Uh, <laughs> all right, well, now it's time to go and pick of the week. Ralph, do you have a pick of the week? I actually do, but I want you to go into your pick of the week as I grab my pick of the week. Okay. All right, my pick of the week is an incredible live album. And I think when Ralph and I did, we did an episode years ago, uh, did our top 10 live albums. Uh, I think I left this one off and I shouldn't have. I, I can think of a couple I would knock off for this one, but it is the, let me double check the year here. Make sure I give you the right info there. Uh, I want to say 81. No, 82. Okay. See, good thing I checked. The 1982 live album from Saxon, The Eagle Has Landed. Holy shit, is this one good. Um, the original one was only 10 tracks. If you buy it now, it's like a remastered edition added. Probably, I think, like six more tracks. Uh, just incredible. Record on the Denim and Leather, Leather Tour. Uh, holy shit, the live version of Princess of the Night on this one. I mean, just, just all the tracks. It's one of those where you look at it like, fuck, they should have put this track on there, they should have put that, but everything that's on there is so fucking solid. 
and so fucking good. And they have Eagles landed one, two, three. Uh, they did like a 40th, you know, Eagles landed 40th uh, show. I really recommend that one. That one's like a fucking triple fucking live album. I mean, it's a newer recording, uh, but amazing. This band is so good live, so tight. Um, but check that out, man. I mean, you can't go wrong the first album. Strong Armor to the Law, Denim and Leather, uh, uh, Wheels of Steel, fucking Power and the Glory, you know, who say that? I mean, holy shit. I mean, they're all fucking phenomenal fucking traditional British heavy metal albums. Um, check it out. And man, all the new ones too. Seriously, from Solid Ball of Rock on, in my opinion, you really can't go wrong. And if you buy one of those and you don't like it, I will refund your money. You got to send me the copy. You know, you can't just be like, we'll get money. Trust me. If you buy one of those and you don't like it, I will buy it from you. That's how much faith I have in Saxon. So, there you go. What album were you talking about? Eagle and Climbing? Yes. That is an amazing live album. Yes, and I, I just gave a money-back guarantee on Saxon. I, I said, if, if you buy the first album through uh, Crusader or Solid Ball of Rock On and you don't like it, I will refund your money if you send me the copy. As I much as much as I love, and one of my favorite Saxon songs ever is Fire in the Sky, the eagle has landed that song. Oh, Smoke. so good. So good. <laughs> I got something really cool. Awesome. Thanks to my co-host on the Almost Human Live, Tony Dio. Oh, uh, yeah. We did a Thin Lizzy episode with, uh, with Martin Popoff, and Tony brought this up. Let's see if I can get it. Uh, this is the Phil Lynott documentary. Oh, nice. Which is a great documentary, plus them live outdoors where was this at at the sydney opera house which was an outdoor show you can see there in australia what tour black rose okay with gary moore it's it's and and the thing is that show's been out forever but this version has songs that were cut out of the original thing and then it brings it on cd as well uh, nice. I guess so. It's a three disc set. You can get it on Amazon. Is that an import or is no, that uh... no? Okay. No, I ordered it on Amazon. I got it the next day. You know. Nice. I got that Amazon Prime thing. Yeah. And uh, that's my pick of the week. Fucking love it. And I also want to give a little plug to the greatest pop song ever written by Mr. Phil Ainot called Old Town. Greatest pop song I ever heard in my life. Off his oh. Um, yeah. There you go. Oh. My pick of the week. Oh shit! You know what? And and I, and I hope people are still sticking around and listening to this because I can't believe we forgot this in the news. But there's something very important we forgot to mention. The new Beatles song. Oh my god! I love it. You got it? 
the album cover sucks, right? Yeah. But the yeah. back of it is cool. That should have been the album cover right there. And I love the song. I think, you see, AI scares me. But what they did on the AI and this shit, they didn't artificially, they just cleaned the vocals and took the piano out and cleaned John's vocals. It's not, it's not really the AI everybody's using now. Uh, I absolutely loved it. You didn't like it? Uh, I hated it. Man, I love, love it, love it. I, I hated it because it made me cry like a bitch. It was so fucking good. It was so fucking good. And I was watching all these uh, like reaction videos to it and stuff. And it was hard. Like, I had to, st as much as I loved the song and wanted to hear it over and over again, I had to stop watching the videos. Because it was seriously making me depressed and crying. Because every everybody you watch, whether men, women, uh, black, white, the emotion that people were getting from that song, it was, it was, it was some. As much as I, I, I love "Free as a Bird," I was kind of eh on "Real Love." Uh, to me, this is by far the best song, you know, of them using this technology. Uh, I, much like yourself, was scared when. Uh, you know, it said AI, you know, I was thinking like, oh, are they re, you know, reproducing his voice kind of thing? And no, it wasn't that. Um, it, it was just incredible. But to me, it was so sad because that is, that is the last, you know, we're never going to get another one that has all four of them. And it was just such a good fucking song. And that video that Peter Jackson did was incredible. You know, it was funny. It was heartbreaking, but... Yeah, well, man. you know, when I first heard the song, I didn't cry. When I saw the yeah. video, I cried. That The <laughs> video made me cry. And, and John yeah. was acting goofy and stuff. Oh, yeah. Even before in that room. Really, it, it choked me up. I cried. Oh. And yeah, the song is very... Melancholy, beautiful. Oh yeah, you know, and Paul's vocals blended with Johnny's gorgeous. And as much as I don't like George Harrison, I love what George Harrison does on that song. Yeah, and I he hated. Little, yeah, he I, hated I, the song. Yeah, I like the little side guitar thing he did. I thought it was. Oh, cool. man! I, I tell you what, when that video started from from the first shot where they show like the side of John's face with the glasses and, and yeah. the sun and everything. Yeah. I mean, I'm just like, <gasps> you know, but just seeing like the overwhelming reaction to this song. And like I said, men, women, you know, people, not only different colors, but from different countries, just having the same reaction. When we live in an era where pop music now is so interchangeable and plastic and it's really just like wallpaper to hear something like this and then to know that this is, you know, this was put on a tape, you know, where he wanted to do something with Paul at this time. He missed playing with Paul and wanted to write a song with him again, you know, and then to, to see this happen and it pretty much 
came through Peter Jackson because when he was doing the Get Back documentary, you know, Paul talked to him. He's like, yeah, we got this song, but the technology, we really can't. He goes, no, I know some shit we can use to make this work. And, you know, and then they use, you know, George Martin's son Giles, you know, doing the orchestration on it and everything. It's just, it, it, it even thinking about it fills me with emotion. And it's just, it's so... Uh, so incredible. Something we'll never, we'll never see again, and unfortunately, I don't think we'll ever feel again. You know what I mean? Music, music that will, will, will touch you like that, and and uh, it, it's just, uh, it, it makes me sad and happy at the same time, but mostly sad, but not necessarily in a negative way. But it's really, it's heartbreaking to listen to. I think. Yeah, but it's a great way to end it. Like I said a million times. Black Sabbath, 70s. Merciful Fate, 80s. Pretty much tied for my favorite band of all time. But the Beatles are the greatest band. Yep. Have and my favorite band, but the Beatles are the greatest band. Yep. And, and, and I agree. That's all to it. I mean, no band. I mean, even if you hate the Beatles, you know, of course, you're, you're an idiot if you do not recognize how right. to change the world. No band has changed the world except for the Beatles. They changed everything. They changed the game. They invented the album format. They made everyone yep. throw their hair. They were, yep. uh, they were the greatest. And yep. on top of that, you have Lennon McCartney, the greatest songwriter duo of all time. Yep. I mean, what they did is mind-blowing. It's just mind-blowing in that short period of time. Now bands take about that long to make an album. Yeah. They were around for seven years. And they yeah. changed the world. I mean, the whole planet went nuts over them. You can't say that about any other band. This band yeah. is the greatest band, and I don't think they will ever, ever. And you know, I just recently saw a quote from uh, Epstein, uh, the original, the, the manager. Um, yeah, name, he's dead. Yeah, Gary Epstein. Yeah, but there's a no, quote. Br Brian Epstein. Brian Epstein. When he was alive, he did an interview where he said, "A hundred years from today." People will still be listening to the Beatles. And people still will be loving the Beatles. Well, we already passed halfway mark. And look how everybody's still remembering the Beatles 50 years later. Well, 50 yeah. plus years later. And I think it's going on 60 years, right? Uh, yeah. yeah, man. The great they've never been touched ever. You know, I saw this meme that said uh Bing Crosby was threatened by Frank Sinatra. Frank Sinatra was threatened by the Beatles. I mean, Frank Sinatra was threatened by Elvis Presley. Elvis Presley yeah. was threatened by the Beatles. The Beatles yeah. were threatened by nobody. Yeah. You know what I mean? Nobody threatened them. You know what I mean? They were the best. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, yeah, it was a, a hard listen, but a, a good listen. I mean, I love it. I love it, but I, I mean, I guess it's amazing that that a song, you know, 
at our age can can touch us like that though you know because it's so it's so rare well like even you know you know new stuff we listen to yeah yeah a new song to affect yeah rare yeah you know it's like uh i don't know it it's it it's incredible it's incredible and i'm i'm so thankful we have it but uh yeah, it's it, it's a tough one, but I'm glad though, man. When I when I watch these videos of all these, like I said, different people of different sexes, different ages, you know, you know, different countries and everything, having the same heartfelt emotions, listening to this, I mean, that is the power of the Beatles, you know. And and yeah, nobody else has that. Even you know, even though I hate Elvis. I respect Elvis. You know what you know what I mean? To an extent, I respect the impact and the influence of Elvis, even though I don't like him. Uh, but even he didn't touch the Beatles. No. You know, and, and, and he's the king of rock and roll, you know. Oh, uh, I think uh, the main reason is because he didn't write his song. You know? Yeah, I, well I, I'm just not a fan overall, but again, yeah, you I know was, how you know how much I love Elvis. Mm-hmm. You know what we'll put right up there with Elvis? He's Buddy Holly. I'm a big Buddy Holly fan too. Yeah. I, and he wrote his songs. Yeah. I did like Elvis a little more because of Elvis' voice, but Buddy Holly was awesome. Very big oh, yeah. influence on the Beatles as well. Yeah. But, but I mean, the Beatles is just next next yeah, level the shit, Beatles, man. The Beatles took what Buddy Holly, Elvis, and Little Richard did, and and Chuck Berry. And, and, and yeah. awesome. Made it fucking awesome. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so it came it's out. awesome. I highly recommend it. Yeah, that that is amazing. It I, I love, love it. Me, love me do as the B sides. Yeah, so, and I, 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 I love the, the mix of it. I, I think they I, did a great you know, job. Uh, Chuck Charles has been bothering me to listen to that Blue and Red album. And I had a desire to. He's like, why? I got like to me the mono mixes are the best sounding Beatles albums. Well, I listen to not all of it, but I listen to some of it. And yeah, it's pretty cool. I still wouldn't go out and buy it. I still think I have the definitive versions. But the mixes they did on these red and blue albums, yeah, pretty good. I I I like it. I I I downloaded both of them. I mean, full disclosure, but uh, uh, I thought they sounded great. I mean, to me, they didn't change it enough to where it's unrecognizable or it seemed blasphemous. I just think it's a very clear, very, very good production and mixes. So I'm okay with it. All right. Well, now it's time to go into uh, fan of the week. And I'm kind of like, oh, my God, it's... Uh, you know, this is an episode we picked. You know, we've named so many of our uh, fans in past episodes. Can I pick that? Well, well, you can add a fan. How about that? I'll add a fan. Okay. Uh, my fan of the week uh, is a lot of men, a lot of women who listen around the world. Uh, you know, I, I can I can go on Podbean and I can see, um, you know, all the different countries that were downloaded in, and like almost every country in the world. It's very humble that I mean we seriously have listeners all over the world, um, and I know that 
you know, because of language barriers and shit like that, a lot of these are military that are listening to us. And I just wanted to give a shout out, you know, with all the crazy shit that's going on right now and who knows where that's going to lead. Uh, but there's military people all over the world that listen to us and uh, wherever they're at. And if it brings them some joy and helps them forget where the fuck they're at right now or what they have to do, uh, I want to give a big shout out to all the, the U.S. military all over the world that listens to our show and make them our fan of the week. Uh, thank you for your service and thank you for all you do for this country. Right on. I mirror that. Um, but uh, I'm going to add a fan of the week. Okay. Somebody that we have added already. But we're going to add him again. He's from Australia. Oh, I love our Australian fans. But there's no better Australian. Mr. Adam Marshall. Oh! Adam Marshall. That, ca- that kangaroo fucker. I love that guy. Hell yeah. My favorite Australian in the whole world. Adam Marshall is my pick of the week. And salute to all the men and women in the military. For yes. keeping us safe. For keeping our freedom intact. You know? If it was up to certain people in our government, we'd be like Cuba today. But no, our military won't stand for that shit. And communism ain't coming here. I know they all wanted to come here. They're idiots. They don't look before communism in Cuba. That shit was great. They had casinos. They had all shit. After communism in Cuba, people died drowning trying to come to Florida. Right? That shows you how good. And there's no transportation, no. There's no nothing in Cuba. People, there's no caps. Zero caps in Cuba because they ate them all. Because they are starving over there. Alright? Yeah. Fuck communism. And fuck Tom Morello. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, fuck him. But yeah, Adam Marshall. Love Adam Marshall. Hell yeah. And, and again, big shout out to our U.S. military. And a big shout out to uh, the Israeli military who who killed a former member of our show the other week while he was in a little rat hole hiding under a hospital in the Gaza Strip. Uh, he had it coming. And watch out, Roger Waters are coming for you next. <laughs> I, I love Roger Waters, but you're on the wrong side of history, brother. All right. Well, we hope you enjoyed this show. And please... Check out this Saxon album. Uh, we are recording this on Saturday. It's going to be up on Sunday uh, morning. I'm going to try to, if Ralph gets this to me, I'll get it up before the Raider game in the morning. And tune in late tomorrow night, depending on what time zone you're in. We're going to do a live stream tomorrow night. Um, it'll, either on- be, it'll either be at 8 p.m. Eastern time or 10 p.m. Eastern time. One of the yeah. two. Yeah, so so pay attention to Facebook. Ralph, uh, whenever you decide what time you can do it, let people know on the Facebook page. And we'll do a live stream. We'll just do a fucking uh, a freeform show, if you will. Yeah. Ask us questions, do whatever, you know. And then the next day, we're going to record another episode covering the first Black Sabbath album. Can you believe we haven't done that yet? 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, we only have two Black Sabbath albums from the 70s left. And tomorrow we're doing the first, or Monday, we're doing the first one. So, and we'll be uh, paranoid I'll, soon after that. Yeah. And, and I want to thank everybody. Uh, you know, sorry if I didn't get to you on Facebook. But like I said earlier in the show, with stuff going on in personal life and the new job, shit's been different. But I'm going to work everything in their schedule. And also, oh, I forgot to mention this. Um, Chris Sinzak is going to be working with me on straightening out the whole Patreon thing so we can get that worked out. I, I talked and big shout out to Chris Sinzak. Thank you for that. We're going to work that out so we can do that shit uh, for the extra stuff. So everything's going to fall back in line, but thank you for your patience. And uh, it's just going to get bigger and better from here. And Chris, so if you, uh, Chris Sinzak is no faggot. Um, no, he's not. I mean, okay, <laughs> we can say he's a little bit of a British cigarette, but he's no yeah. cocksucker. Yeah, he doesn't listen to Sammy Hagar, I'll tell you exactly. that. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So if you like this, come back tomorrow. Wait, 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 one more thing. And I'm going to have to bring this up on tomorrow's episode, the beginning, for anybody okay. that was listening to this and not watching this part. I get bombarded a lot of times, Ian. When's the next yeah. rock and metal combat? When's the rec not? Look, everybody out there, and I'll say this tomorrow on tomorrow's episode. I hope I remember. Hit up Ian. Ian's the reason we're not doing shows. <laughs> I don't know yes. what's up with Ian. Ian's yes. doing his own thing. So ask yeah. him because he knows when yeah. I don't. And if, if I can get to you, I will. And there's a lot of people I need to catch up with on Facebook Messenger, and I apologize, but... uh. Yeah, I, I've been the reason for the holdup, but it's nothing to do with with drama or bullshit. You know, Ralph and I are doing great, and you know, I, I don't even care that he likes Man of War and men's penises in his mouth. I do know, care or, that he likes Gritty Politi, but I'll get over it. Great band, great songs. Uh, <laughs> but come back tomorrow for the live show. You want to know what's going on? Get in the fucking chat room and talk to us live. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, I'll catch it on the replay. Fuck that shit. Be in there live if you want us to talk to you. Uh, it's going to be a fun show tomorrow night. I can tell. I can tell. And I don't have to work Monday, so I'm going to get loaded and you're going to get the truth. I'll let you, you know, know ahead of time, Ian, if I can. I can pro possibly do 8 p.m. Possibly. Right. If not, that, that's another thing. For people who don't realize, like 8 p.m. to him is 5 p.m. to me. So, you know, we always got to work out our time zones and shit, whatever. But seriously, what the fuck do you got to do tomorrow? Drop that shit, hang out with us, ask us questions, have fun, and more importantly, come back next week or a couple days later to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Smack him a gob! Cocksucker. <laughs> <laughs> Bag it! Ha 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 ha